0: Not to happen.
1: And welcome to Entmoot, the only Middle Earth strategy battle game podcast that doesn't just talk about tournaments, no, we take you along for the ride as well. Welcome along, I'm Harry, and this is episode 88 of the podcast, and you may have seen from the title of the podcast, it's the GP, the Grand Prix, start your engines gentlemen and ladies, because we're on for a ride to one of the most competitive events in the uh, Great British Hobbit League, Uh, sorry about the engine noise, sounds a little bit corny, but hey-ho, We're excited, and I'll keep that joke up throughout the podcast, uh, because... As we all know, jokes don't get old if you repeat them. Um, anyway, so yeah, the Grand Prix, this is uh, organised by Seventh City Collectibles, another Will Champion organised tournament, uh, so you know, a great, great value um, tournament. Uh, it's big, It's it's got, I think, a, a time of registering, it was 90 plus people um, who who are due to come. I think the capacity is around 100, so really excited uh, to head down to this one. As I say, it's called a, the, the most competitive, or one of the most competitive events in the UK, but... I think that's underselling it to the, the folk who are sort of mid, mid-ranking players or, or bottom table players, even the fluffy folks uh, who are just getting into the tournaments or, or who just want to play for a bit of theme. Um, because there are prizes on offer for not just the winners, but also, you know, everyone. Because like, basically the way it works is... Day one is a a four game Swiss ranked tournament. So winners play your winners. Uh, top winners play top winners. Uh, bottom losers play bottom losers. Um, and draws play draws again um, uh, with a bit of a shuffle, hopefully. Um, but then at the end of that, the 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 whole pot of people is divided up into uh, into pods. So the top eight are playing for a big prize of Smaug. Yes, awesome. Uh, Very cool big prize. uh, And also store credit and um, free tickets for everyone in the top eight. And then the second pod, I think, is about 16 players. uh, They're playing for um, free tickets and uh, store credit as well. And then there are other ones that are sponsored by some good folk of the MESBG community, including Generation Shift, Guardians of Wiltshire and SBG Magazine. So uh, really cool. Really love the format of this tournament. Uh, And as I say, it's it's just one of those events that... um, I don't know, it just feels like it's, it's, it's giving, a, giving a bit of something to everyone. Or oh, that's, that's the hope anyway. Um, but it is a little bit competitively minded. So people who do lose all their games on day one, you know, they're not going to just let it slide. They're aiming for the spoon cup and stuff like that. So uh, excited for this one. Um, and of course, there's been lots of talk about the meta uh, going into this tournament. Um, uh, until just recently, there's been no FAQ. Um, so I, I'm recording this after the FAQ. Um, but, of course, before that, no changes. So I'll talk about the FAQ a bit later on in the podcast, perhaps. Uh, but in the meantime, it's time to build an army.
2: Build me an army worthy of
1: so as we mentioned, uh, I'm I'm doing a bit of a, a, a slow grow um, in the uh, Lord of the Imps slow grow league, uh, the local uh, slow grow league that we've got uh, that Tim Elvis is running. Uh, there will be a podcast about that once we've got uh, gotten through that. I think there's only four steps or maybe five steps this year um, for the the slow grow. So I'm building my fiefdom's force, which is very exciting. Um, it's already done sort of decent things, actually. I mean, I did all right at the um, Hull event in the last episode. I got three out of four wins there. Pretty chuffed with that. Uh, Came third in my first ever GBHL 90 podium um, at the start of the year. That was with the Minas Tirith, uh, Gandalf and uh, Imrahil alliance. And so really excited to to see what a pure 600-point list does. I think I mentioned in the last episode uh, during the email section That I'd taken a while to get a sort of uh, a substantial amount of um, of Imrahil and Co's uh, army sort of painted up, but now I'm getting towards a stage where I've got loads, loads ready. So I think I've got somewhere in the region of 700 points at least. So uh, that's really cool, and I'm I'm excited to run some different stuff this time. So uh, let's just crack on and uh, talk about the list. So we've got Imrahil mounted with lance. Yes, Uh, he's my general. He's 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 good. You know what? He's one of those heroes that. He's really good and really solid, um, but he's obviously, he's got a couple of downsides. Big one being magic resistance. He's not got any of, any sort of special rules about that. Um, but he's got that big 12-inch banner. Uh, he's got uh, the plus one fight uh, for the men-at-arms and knights of Dol Amroth within three inches of him. So he's solid, he's good. He, he slaps uh, fight six, threes in all the right places as well. Uh, he's uh, followed by seven men-at-arms of Dol Amroth. Some people build their list with very few of these. I still don't quite understand why. Um, I've seen people running mostly axemen um, and, or, or sort of half axemen and half uh, knights or, or, or whatever, or axemen and um, uh, axemen and the the old uh, the old men at arms. But I, I'm, I'm not rating the axemen yet. I, I will put some in at some point. But meanwhile, I'll stick with the men at arms. They're pikes. They've got the potential to be fight five within three inches of Inverhill. I just don't know why you would want anything else there. Defence 5 as well. Uh, Knights of Dol Amroth. We've got two of them. Uh, just the, the normal boys on foot uh, with a shield for a little bit of D6. So, you know, if, I, if I'm in an um, unpleasant shooting uh, matchup, then maybe they'll be able to help out uh, protecting some of the uh, the guys behind them. Uh, we've got three clansmen of Lamadon, uh, who will be absolutely shot to pieces if, if we're coming up against anything at major. But they're defence 4, but they've got that cool um, roll of a 6. They don't have the minus one uh, effect for their uh, their two-handed weapon, which is cool, so they've got a bit of choppiness to them. Uh, Then we've got Mounted Knight of Dolanwath with a lance, uh, so we've got, they're 20 points, these guys, so they do feel really expensive when they go down, especially, because you're paying a lot for the uh, the horse and the lance and then if you just get one shot lucky shot on a d6 model bam dead but hey ho uh, you need to have some mounted stuff you just do don't you uh, so that's warband 1 uh, warband number 2 is 4 long on his horse uh, not not an armored horse sadly but he has got the lance he's has uh, got the three wounds and the fate strength 5 and the uh, the war spear uh, horn which is great and he gives the 6 inch re-rolling ones to wound buff which is exciting uh, he's got men-at-arms of dolamorth uh, with him he's got six of them two clansmen one knight on foot and one night on horse. And then finally, we've got Dwin here, or Dwin here. Dwin, Dwin, whenever. We've got him. So I said in the last podcast, I'm not really a fan of him. I think Dwin here isn't very good, personally. Um, But there's a caveat to that. Uh, He's 60-something points, 65 points, um, and he has a bow. Uh, He has some special rules that buff the um, Black Root Veil archers. Within three inches of him, they re-roll ones to hit when they've not moved, which is good. Um, But he only has two points of might, which is really annoying in an army like this, because you just feel like, ah, I wish he could have three, um, especially because his special rule is, or, well, uh, technically the Black Root Veil's special r- rule is they benefit from a heroic shoot, which you very rarely call. But in this army, it's good, uh, because if you call a heroic shoot, Black Root Veil archers re-roll all wounds um, when shooting. So they shoot first and they re-roll all wounds. And they're hitting on threes with strength two bows. And I've got seven of them, four of which of them have spears. So total, I've got eight bows um, sort of hitting on threes, uh, re-rolling those ones if they don't move to hit uh, within Dwyn here, which is good, and then re-rolling wounds. So there's the potential here for a really, really strong shooting war The downside, of course, is their defence four and courage two and only fight three. So they're not very good in combat. So they really are all about smashing the opponents in the shooting phase. So is that going to be enough for me to win the grand prix uh, it's it i think it's a decent list personally um i have seen Dol Amroth lists that um i i i don't rate as much as as this one i think it's got real real quality to it um it's got 33 models which is great at 600 that's not bad but obviously there's a lot of lower defense as defense fours quite a lot uh, even defense 5 is the m- vast majority of the army so mm, I've got eight bows and eight might, um, but the, again, the might thing is worrying because if I do want to call that heroic shoot, which you kind of want to, if certainly if in, in the right matchup against Hunter Orcs or whatever, uh, then because um, I want to blast a few Hunter Orcs off the table, um, then, I don't know, eight might? Eight might? Is it enough if I've spent two six might on the the, the hitting heroes? But then it, it has has the hitting the shooting done enough to whittle that down so it doesn't matter. Maybe I'll have killed a hero with the shooting. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's it's close. Um, but hey, who knows what happens? I mean, the, the big thing going into the GP here is is that the the, the meta in air quotes um, is is all about Hunter Rock. So there's uh, last year the a uh, six hundred point Hunter Rock army won it with um, Jake Rawson. Jake Horson did really well last year. Uh, unsurprisingly, he's one of the best players in the league. Uh, he won the league last year. Um, and this year, lots of people are taking the exact same list that uh, Will Champion wrote for him last year So, or the other year. So interesting, uh, a bit of a shade thrown there on uh, uh, Jake because he mentioned that he he often just takes what Will Champion tells him to take. Um, and I know Will has been running that list for quite, uh, quite a while before uh, Jake. So interesting, there's 10 plus Hunter Rock armies and they are very good. Will the strength two bows be enough to whittle through enough of them to sort of balance things up? I've, I've historically done all right against the hunter orcs. Um, the pike's really helpful. Imrahil and uh, Forlong smash through hunter orcs. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's the thing. Or should I be worrying about other stuff? Um, other people are taking things to counter those hunter orcs. So what am I going to face? No idea. Um, I know I played against Aaron Pullen and his Arnor at uh, the Hull event um, The uh, not so long ago. He's taking a 600-point version of that. Uh, that could be really scary if I come up against something like that, if there are more Arnor armies. Um, but they're hard to come by, so who knows? Um, and Aaron is new with that army, so is, is, is he's still probably getting grips to it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, although I did get a, a lucky win against him last time. So who knows what will happen? Um, but I'm very excited for this. So um, we're going to crack on and go to the tournament in a second. But first... Questions. Questions that need answering. So, questions, questions that need answering. And um, for, for the first time in quite some time, I haven't actually got any emails to read out. So uh, this is a great opportunity to start the new one. I, I'm guessing people are still catching up on the whole episode, which uh, I had loads and loads of emails to read out in. So that's good. So this should be a uh, much more compact section. So I'll just be brief um, because I want this section to reflect the, uh, the FAQ. Uh So, if you've um, heard the new FAQ, there's the February FAQ. Lots of people were looking forward to it. Lots of people very excited, chattering about what's going to be nerfed, what should uh, should be nerfed, will, will things will things get better or worse? Um, are the right things going to go? Blah blah blah. Um, so. I wanted to ask you uh, your two pence worth on the couple of changes uh, and the lack of some changes. Um, So the the main change uh, for the FAQ, uh, the big one, is that the Dragon Emperor has increased by 30 points to a grand total of 200 points for the Dragon Emperor. So... The Dragon Emperor, obviously very, very good. Um, he's He's been a dominating table uh, tabletops although it must be noted he's not won huge numbers of the uh, Great British Hobbit League's 100 pointer events, so the most competitive events. Um, I think he has won some. He's certainly t- uh, uh, featured in podiums and he's been one of those sort of top uh, lists that needs to be beaten in order to get to the top. But um, he's been increased by 30 points. So what do you think so the, the the question that i think needs answering is what do you think about the faq but particularly do you think this 30 point increase is going to be enough to stop the dragon emperor appearing on tabletops so um the the uh, my two pence worth uh, and feel free to disagree or agree with it is that is that the thirty points isn't enough. I don't think that is going to stop people using it. I think that's what three black dragon models uh, or three and a bit black dragons that that you're uh, losing from your six hundred seven hundred point whatever army. So maybe at lower points it'll make a big difference at five hundred points um, something like that, uh, where the percentages are, are, are different, but. I, I just instinctively it feels like the wrong choice to me. I would have um and I know uh, I've I've had some debates with people online about this um that I think the the just just taking away the black dragon uh, upgrade for free would make a, a bigger difference. Um so I I guess the the argument is that you shouldn't change special rules and r- get rid of special rules once once they've been put down on paper. But I I'd, I'd argue that What's the difference between changing uh, a special rule and changing the points cost of something? So um, that that would be my thing. So I because I think if you take away the free black dragon upgrade for uh, the the dragon emperor's warband, you're essentially getting rid of uh, a thirty six point um, buff straight away. And people will then have a choice of do we put normally slings at the front uh, and then uh, you know and then have some black dragons at behind. So you've got uh, the potential mix there, but not. You know, it's not as flexible if you if you um, you know wrap into the uh, the pikes and stuff. Take away that five five, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Those sorts of things, I think would ma- I think it's that a sort of, that would be a really a really uh, uh, interesting improvement. That's personally what I would say. Uh, it would also, and and my other suggestion would have been to put the dragon knight um, as the only person who gets those uh, free black dragon upgrades. And my reason is is that you see fewer black uh, uh, dragon knights. Um, in those those sort of uh, Dragon Emperor Legion armies, than you do Retabies and gears and it might just encourage more people to use the Dragon Knight, um, which of course makes sense for the host of the Dragon Legion or oh, the Dragon Le- or whatever it is, host of the Dragon Emperor. Uh, that would be my my choice. Um, I know some people have been running uh, Dragon Knights on foot, so they they would still gain the benefit, but uh, it feels less of a, a detriment, um, and and you're still essentially losing the thirty six points uh, upgrade. Um, for sort of free, but it, it just it's it feels like it would scale better. Anyway, so that that's my uh, that's my two penneth two penneth worth. Uh what do you think about the FAQ? Um uh, obviously notable absences that some people were calling for was Sullivan and the Witch King or or in some way uh, taking a nerf. Um, I know there were some vocal people uh, like Will Champion who um who didn't think it needed a nerf? Um, who uh, because it's been around for a long time, the alliance has existed for quite some time, um, and it's just sort of surged in popularity at the moment. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I'm not really sure about that one. I do think the Witch King and uh, Suladan are very very points efficient. They're very good. You see them a lot for a good reason. Whether or not they they really needed to be taken down a peg or two or not, I don't know. Uh, So that's why I'm asking you. Let me know. uh, Get in touch. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. That's Entmootpodcast at gmail.com, uh, if you if you have any queries, any questions, any concerns about the FAQ. I know there were some other little bits and bobs that, that were addressed, like um, pairing off fights and things like that, which was nice to see, but I won't go into a, those with any uh, any great details. So, uh, podcast at gmail.com, what do you think of the latest FAQ? Should the Dragon Emperor have been nerfed more? Was it nerfed enough? Uh, uh, was it nerfed too much? Or should something else have been under the microscope for this FAQ? Now, that's it for today at gmail.com, but we're going to head out on an adventure we're off to hear from the competitors from the tournament organisers from the winner of the Grand Prix let's see how my Dolan Roth do in seven games over two days let's go on an adventure
3: Here, Mr Bilbo, where are you off to? not stop, I'm already late late for what? I'm
1: going on an adventure! Game number one here at the Grand Prix. Uh, gentlemen, start your engines. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, first game uh, playing Domination, and it's against none other than Jaya Charrier. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Harry. Thank you for having me back. It's been, it's been a while since we played a game. I think the last one was in Gondolin, was it? We were upstairs and we were playing... Uh, I think you had a Lake Town Army
4: then. Do we play at Imps? Yeah. As well. Oh no no! I don't play Imps it. Oh no, sorry, that's on my toilet, oh, Of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gone. That was you, a while ago. It was, yeah, yeah, it was a while. Yeah,
1: but yeah. of course, we've talked to you a few times since then um, because because uh, you've been doing very well in the league in the last year. And I, I think was it? Do you end up coming fourth, oh. or was it fourth in the league? Yeah. So well done on that, Thank first you. of all. And then since then, you've you've had top tables uh, positions. You can see that I'm laying the ground here for <laughs> for something. But um, you've 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 been doing very well. And um, with a similar army, so
4: uh, just run us through this army uh, first of all sure so 600-point tournament. So, I've gone for pure Isengard which I don't think you see very much on top tables anymore no no um, from my perspective anyway so I've gone for Lurtz as the leader with a shield he's got 6 crossbows 6 guys with pike 1 Crabane 1 Wargrider with throwing spear and shield Rasku with 6 crossbows 6 pikes and then Gorolf with I think 1 guy with shield and I think 7 pikes yeah. so 38 models in total
1: 38 models and, and uh, 12 crossbows plus Rasku as well so there's, there's a lot of shooting power in this list um, Domination you're coming up against uh, my, my fiefdoms.
4: Uh, what did you think? Did you, did you f- back yourself in this one? So I thought if I can kill about half a dozen before we hit lines, I thought I was fairly confident that I could then have enough models to contain the rest of your army whilst sending a flank to go and claim the objectives. Yeah. But initially, I was a bit worried about the high defence, your pike block, but then when you said you had five less models than me to begin with, I thought that might swing things my way.
1: Yeah, I think it was. It was all going to be about um,
4: do my heroes do enough work to mitigate that numbers disadvantage, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. I think domination helps you because obviously you deploy in the middle. Um, however, all depends on where we put the objectives as well, doesn't it? So that can also play a part. Uh, I actually won the initial uh, roll-off to determine where which board side I'd pick. So I conveniently picked a side where there were two elevated positions, mm-hmm. just to help with my deployment for my crossbows to hopefully try and kill a few. Uh, kill a few of your troops
1: yeah and and two of those uh elevator positions had uh, had objectives on them so I, I sort of thought well if like you so see that was where you deployed i put the other three objectives fairly close to the central line um and and i think as you pointed out uh, towards the end that that might have been a mistake we'll get onto that in a second but but just generally i, I knew i've got potentially to grab three objectives here but you're going to just shoot me to to kingdom come uh, on the way in and and that's exactly what happened i mean i i th- I'd sort of maybe i made a mistake i, I had my uh dwin here and the uh, the black revale archers and they were sort of deployed on the right objective and i thought you know what i'll try these guys out and see if i can kill a few of your crossbows to mitigate that damage but i guess they just drew the fire instead and in their defense fall i think
4: it was the right idea in theory because eight shots three re rerolling if you use your special ability, you could kill, in theory, you could kill three a turn. Yeah. Um, and especially because you won first turn priority, it didn't work out that way. You only killed one, I think, in the first yeah. turn, didn't you?
1: Because I, mean, I had the priority. I was thinking of calling the heroic shoot yeah. anyway, just to get the re-roll, uh, all, the, all the wounds. But I, I sort of thought, oh, it feels like a waste to, to do it this turn when I've already got the shooting priority. But then I lost, like, three or four uh, guys in that first shooting phase, which which really ruin my numbers a bit.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think the strength four going into defence four bows, not a not a yeah. good matchup at all. Um, but other than that though, I think I obviously wanted to kill your bows relatively quickly, but at the same token wanted to kill your pikes. Yeah. Because they're the threat in combat. The higher fight, your pikes were obviously are better pikes than mine with your boss with Imrahil. Um, and I think it took me a lot longer than I thought to kill your bowmen. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact I think until the last t- coming towards the end of the game you still had two or three left. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you? So that just shows My shooting wasn't that great either.
1: No, it wasn't. I think it was that very, very first turn where I think you you hit... With I think you had sort of about eight shots in that first turn, and you killed something around the region of, of three or four dudes, and that was a big, big one. But then after that, it was pretty consistent, like one or two maybe. But but yeah, it took it did take a lot longer than and I thought the uh, to to kill them. And of course, to win here has got the extra um, extra wound, which and the uh, extra defence, which helps. Um, but he, so they they did last a little bit longer. But I guess that, like you say, that drew the fire away from the pipe block, which was coming towards you. Um, my my hope was, uh, as I mentioned already, the heroes get in and do do some real real business uh, alongside a knight i'd left one back in reserve to protect against the the Crabane flying over i thought he, he was and he did quite a good job sort of just area control really but um the problem was my, my knights went in uh, and I lost, uh, sorry, I won the first priority, which I, I could have charged in on if I'd lost it. So I decided not to charge, and then it, it just kind of blunted everything. It meant, and, and I think you won the next couple of roll offs, which meant that my knights never got that big, glorious charge and to, and to
4: pick, the, pick where the fight was either. Yeah, agreed. I think very unfortunate to lose the two priorities thereafter. But that first turn where your cavalry were in range, if I had won one priority, we'd do exactly as what you said, which is you charge, yeah. you're not at risk of being countercharged, you then call a couple of combats kill about half a dozen models perhaps and I could do nothing about it yeah. but the fact you had to retreat then meant I had another turn of shooting not necessarily at your heroes or recovery, but just at other troops yeah. and also meant the turn after I was already going to be in range anyway so it all came down to that 50-50 yeah. which ultimately I won yeah. so you never got the charge off for the turn or the turn after that actually um, but also meant I could just pick and choose my fights and the fact that I'd already killed five or six of your uh, bowmen already and the fact you kept a couple of your troops as well uh, in reserve at the back to, to manage your objectives also meant I had more numbers anyway yeah and not only that however uh, in addition to that however just because of the way where I positioned as well even if you won priority or even if I've won priority I always outnumbered you in combat so yeah, I yeah. always add more dice even with your fight value and with a strength four three attacks against your three I'm always going to get a wound if I win the fight ultimately yeah, yeah, I'll tie absolutely. um But I think you are very unfortunate not to win either the first two priorities once the lines clashed.
1: Yeah, because I was hoping... I mean, they had two sort of ideas. I thought, well, either I blitz through a lot of your stuff um, and then, you know, after then it sort of spirals in my favour, or um, my guys just die quickly... Um, and uh, and then the the guys on reserves because I'd left um, sort of I ba- basically had decided well if I leave eight guys on the rear objectives in total and that's that's what I did that was that's my quarter point so I thought the chan- if if it all landed perfectly and everything died quickly enough or whatever then maybe I'd have a chance of holding uh, three objectives uh, and maybe breaking you to get a seven seven six or something like that victory uh, it, but I think it was probably a little ambitious to hope that I died <laughs> as quickly because they. They did alright in the fight so My, my guys eventually yeah.
4: Well I think after the third turn of combat I think it was the right ploy Because like you said You're actually doing quite well You're yeah. holding, your, holding your own I didn't kill you as quicky, quick as I thought I would either yeah. In fact I think it was one turn Where I killed nothing with shooting And nothing in the same combat phase yeah. And I think you killed a couple of mine And I think it was the turn prior Or the turn after Where I think I only killed one or two so if that had gone my way and I'd won those combats and killed the game probably would have ended yeah, yeah. and you probably would have won like I said and at that point I think you had four out of the five objectives
1: yes yeah, because you'd kind of you'd had uh, crossbows on one of the hills that you mentioned at the start but I'd, I'd snuck, snuck some guys onto the other one and you were just you had a wild rider that was running around this dirt, um, difficult terrain to uh, either to threaten the, the, that one objective on the hill or to go forward in the in the end but I think uh, yeah there was that key that, that key turn if I'd have died enough <laughs> maybe it would have worked but I mean you, you, really relying on, um, you know, fight four guys with a 12-inch banner to, to die, probably not a, not a good safe bet in my,
4: my eyes. Even even with um, uh, Hill and Forlong had to die as well, so, you know. Agreed. However, irrespective of that, I still think it was relatively close towards the end, because uh, I think once you were broken, I think I'd killed about 17 or 18, I was stuck on that number for about a turn or two. Yeah. You still had about, I think, seven guys on your back three objectives, yeah. and I had about think about five guys I'd committed to come forward plus a couple of crossbows I may have taken another turn or two after that so numbers wise we would would have been pretty even but you had your hero you had your cavalry yeah and at that point I was actually a bit nervous that it could be a draw or it might be one VP swing to you or to me yeah but unfortunately the turn after because you were broken I'll let you tell the listeners, what happened
1: <laughs> yeah uh, the courage checks did not go my way i, I think uh, the the first one to go which was uh, probably one of the biggest to go was the the knight uh, the knight of delamrath uh, failed his f- in the first turn and and he was a he would have been able to charge two pikemen um because i had priority that turn uh, he would have been able to charge two pikemen and hold them off the the middle objective he ran um and i had a clansman and a pike in the center um and they they were they were fine. Everything was fine that turn. And Dwin here um, had to spend a point of will on the first uh, um, the first roll because Forlong had died at that point and he was courage three, uh, so not very good for Dwin here. I didn't realize he was so poor. But uh, anyway, uh, so he he spent one will and then the next turn he ran, um, and then uh, I think it was a clansman uh, that ran, a second clansman that ran, and there was one pike uh, left on the the three other objectives. So. Yeah, it, it wasn't looking great. Once those all ran, it meant your wild rider could easily uh, capture the objective uh, from a clansman. Uh, the t- two or three pikes in the centre uh, could fight that w- uh, my one man-at-arms um, in order to to take that, and they would have had the more more anyway. And the Crabane just hopped onto the one that Dwin here was holding. So yeah, it all kind
4: of fell apart with those courage checks. Yeah, absolutely. If, if any, if, if two of those ran and you had you know at least one guy contesting each one, still very much 50-50, Either yeah. I commit and fight you and risk a you know fifty-fifty roll-off. Um, or ultimately I just go for the draw neutralise each objective if that was the case I neutralise to two the middle one I will have more anyway on there yeah. so would have got that one probably would have won because of that however your guys running away just ultimately swung it massively in my favour and then meant like you said my Uruks could just pin your one uh, pikeman yeah. win the fight trap him kill him and then ultimately you had no models left on any of those three objectives because they either all ran I killed them and it and it also put me much closer to the quarter point as well so
1: I think I think in that after all those running you'd shot some crossbows onto the uh, the objective on this uh, your side which I had previously held you had some Murakai coming that way anyway but yeah they killed those two guys as well so because it, cause it it meant that all of your crossbows could focus on that, which was which was quite quite important, I suppose. Um, and yeah, so it, it fell from potentially getting something like a seven, uh, I think, it was probably a seven-nil win or something like that, um, to completely swinging up to a eleven-nil win in those uh, the, the final throws of the game. I mean, Imre Hill was untouched, um, but he just. I, as we mentioned already he had a couple of turns where uh, he didn't get the charge which just meant he couldn't couldn't sort of capitalize on the uh, the power of the lance and Forlong, i think only ever got one charge uh, which was a heroic, heroic combat and and he was got boxed in it was only really to try and un- untrap Imrahil that he did that anyway so so yeah it, it, it was a pretty decisive win to you in the end so uh,
4: congratulations brilliant no thank you i think we should just say Forlong didn't do very much at all did no, he and, and yeah. also died to just a yeah, in one yeah. turn got flash killed which is a bit disappointing because that yeah. warhorn would have been massive for the later game as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it would have saved uh, saved a win here from running. Uh, it would have, yeah, given I think the the knight of uh, the mounted knight would have stayed alive, all of these things. So, yeah, yeah, that would have been really important. But and he had like was it four guys, uh, four attacks on him, and he just straight off the table in one go, which which was sad, <laughs> but hey ho. But still, great first game. Yeah. Uh, always, obviously play you, Harry, and um, yeah, wish you well for the rest of the tournament. And and you, and uh, I'm, I'm basically, I'm I'm hoping that you now win the tournament, so I can say, you know, I I lost, I lost again today, but hey, look, you won the tournament, so it's all great. <laughs> brilliant,
4: always a pleasure, well, Harry. Best Thank of you. Luck. So much. Hopefully, yeah. we we'll
1: talk to you at the end of the podcast. So brilliant. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Game number two at the Grand Prix. The engines are well and truly on their way uh, through the racetrack here at the Risley Hall Hotel, uh, playing in round number two. Uh, it's it's a game of. Hold ground, so that's the mountain one where you've got to get into the middle. Uh, playing against Robert, Robert Lacey, and um, I'm right in thinking you're. You said that you're returning to the hobby uh, or to Middle Earth after after a bit of an absence. Is that right?
5: Yeah, a bit, a bit. I've not played since like October, right. but I play a lot of other games, so right, I'm not
6: okay.
5: super up on any game really. <laughs> any game I, any I, game, I flitter around really. So. Fair
1: enough, fair enough. And so, in in terms of what you brought for for the Grand Prix this weekend, uh, just give us
5: a summary of your 600 points. What have you got? Uh, so it's of scouts with uh, lurks 12 bows and uh, drummer we got ugluk with 12 no 11 sword and shield with a banner and then Meher with 12 Sword and shield
1: so uh, what's that 38 or something like that 40, 40. 40 dudes so a lot of work, a lot of fight for a lot of strength for and also crucially um, you've got a sort of maelstrom bonus haven't you for Lurtz yeah, c- yeah. you can choose to bring him on whenever you want and whatever yeah. where you want to do it. Yeah,
5: yeah yeah you can just you know no need to roll, roll. here's where he. So,
1: so with that in mind uh, the maelstrom I mean before we talk about the, the deployment stuff um, what did you think I mean uh, you, you mentioned you play uh, in, uh, Fiefdoms yourself uh, a yeah, bit in yeah. the past um, what did you think did you fancy your chances in this game
5: uh, Ibrahim's mean, scary yeah and
1: you don't really have an answer to him do you? no
5: and I mean uh, what's his name Forlong Forlong's also kind of scary mm. and I mean I had a lot of movement with this because everything's move 8 but now good. Oh, okay. it's kind of avoid him as best you can yeah. and hope for the best
1: and yeah, you just kind of need to wait for that turn when you can close the jaws of, uh, of 40 dudes and hope that you get a good spot where you can get everyone trapping and getting round to my pipes and things like that. I guess.
5: Yeah, yeah, that was, that was basically hopefully thin out the guys with the shooting and then try and trap them nearer the end of the game. Yeah. But so, yeah. so with,
1: with the maelstrom, it, it basically uh, I spent one point of night to make sure that Forlong and Twin here came on in the same spot, and then Imrahil came on on a different board edge. But it was it, I, I chose. Um, where it was so it was relatively straightforward for me um i think both of your first two
5: warbands came on roughly where you wanted in the yeah, opposite well, corner one got one uh, north and south one got east and west but yeah. in the corner together yeah. and then lurk took brought on
1: yeah so so you you made the decision to to not bring him on for the first two turns and uh, it's basically roller one for two turns in a row and i i, I was surprised by that i just wonder what what was your thinking there
5: well, I was hoping to be more reactive with him. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of was when I brought him on. I brought him on where they'd get some shots. Yeah, hopefully, quite quickly. I mean, I was hopefully hoping he was going to move forward more quickly, and then I could pop up behind, and then then you've got decisions there yeah, between, yeah. you know, to go backing, deal alerts, or carry on forward. That was the thinking. Yeah.
1: yeah. In in the end, um, i I think partially. I think maybe you waited a little too long to, to bring on, because yeah. it meant that I, I could just get into the middle. and I mean, it didn't help that there was this massive bit of terrain which was blocking off one of the edges that you came on. Yeah. So you had to come around the loop, uh, loop round that um, from both sides, and, and it was the same with, with sort of Lurtz. So just no, no one, none of your guys were really threatening the centre because the drummer and, yeah. and Lurtz were in the, uh, in that war band that was holding off. So I, I think maybe you gave me a, a little bit too much ground early on, do you think?
5: Maybe, but I don't, obviously... You don't score the points till the end. Yeah. So the, the, the hope was... I mean, if you capture the ground at the start, it doesn't really matter True. if I can force through. And that was kind of the hope. I kind of tried to encircle you, and that was the, the hope to, you know, force through. Yeah.
1: And, and your bows were pretty devastating as well. I mean, what was it, 12 shots, did you say? Uh,
5: 13 were well,
1: left. Yeah, and, and that first turn, I mean, I, so I'd lined up most of my guys in the centre. I had a couple of turns shooting, cause, uh, well, one, at least one turn shooting before you you uh, you got in. Um, I think I was still moving, and I killed one guy because you've got 18-inch bows. And I outshot you there for the first turn. But then the second turn, um, I decided to go for the heroic shoots again with, uh, with Dwin here. I wasn't sure whether it was the right choice at first, but... Um, I managed to chip off a wound and a fate in the very first turn from Lertz, which was big. And then the second turn, I managed to kill him outright, which yeah. was absolutely massive. I mean, he, he, he'd, I think he'd spent one point on the march and that, that was it. Um, but otherwise he was, he was ready to go, wasn't he?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was just very unlucky Lertz dying that quickly. Mm. I mean, I think giving Lertz the bows was... I'm not sure that kind of exactly works, but obviously he's got a bow. Mm-hmm. So you kind of... I think Lertz... Does it, you, you want Lurks to sprint up the table. Really, I was going to
1: say. I think maybe maybe if you just split a few bows into each warband, then you've got that sort of. Especially for scenarios like this, you've got the maelstrom deployment. You can know where you go, and also with the, with him, you know his warband is going to be able to gank something if you really want. Yeah. You know, you can you can surprise. Uh, choose to uh, you know wait and then go second and and jump on something but with your bows you kind of don't want to do that but um, I did th- I, I I think there was because there was that turn where you marched and you um, you drummed and you moved seven inches which looked uh, intimidating and shot but I think that was the turn Lurts died as well yes, so yes. so like maybe if you did just march and drum and slam straight into the middle with all those bows I mean they're all strength four dudes anyway like yeah, uh, I, you could I have mean, you could have caught me off guard
5: that was kind of the plan yeah. this turn we'll shoot I didn't Killed like one guy. Yeah. Where the turn four killed like five. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but that was kind of the plan. March, march there, and then next turn, hopefully swing round into your bot.
1: I think yeah, losing alerts was a bit of a, 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 a tricky start, but then generally after that, Imrahil and Forlong and a, a, a knight for most of the time were just they were just slamming into uh, battle line after battle line, doing doing what they, they hoped. I mean, at the start, Imrahil was fighting uh, against Ugluk's war band, um, and then he sort of swung all the way over to the other war band that was uh, squeezing through the gap um, with uh, with Malhe, uh, and eventually ended up taking her off the table and, and Cle- but like they just bounced around and just killing enough dudes that then the men-at-arms and so on that were left there had, had a sort of an advantage, and I think largely that came down to me, just having a really good string of uh, roll-offs that went my way. I think a couple of move-offs went my way, yeah, and also yeah. priority went my way as well a couple of times.
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I won priority in the second half of the game. No, no than... once we
1: had no might, it was yeah. it, you, I won yeah. everything.
5: Yeah, so it all kind of fell apart, and then all the heroes died quite, you know...
1: <laughs> yeah they all died in sort of very, uh, you know without really having achieved a great deal like Ugluk was complete and utter crap for the whole time bless him he he won a couple of fights he called her at combat had to spend might oh no that was about her. but like they, a couple of them had to spend might on places they didn't want to just to win fights and then like Ugluk spent one point I might to fight against something like a clansman or something like that and then roll the double one to wound him as well and like it was all that like they just didn't perform and you really rely you want them to be killing at least you know a a couple of fight five five guys a turn otherwise they're just they're just stalling and uh, and and my heroes are just absolutely slapping your guys about
5: yeah I mean you know think about the list I, I think I've got too many guys I, I, d- I, don't th- I don't. I don't think so. I just think you need to be able to
1: bring your numbers to bear quicker. The
5: Orichays have any punch to them, mm. so I think more characters are so like couple of captains
3: or something
1: maybe maybe one more one more captain help but then you lose sort of 10 models or something like that and you're onto to the sort of 30, 30 i don't know well, i
5: mean both games are played up to now everyone's been basically fight five
1: yeah so, <laughs> so. well look you, you there's there's two more games in the day you you don't know you might uh, might be fighting just just fight three armies for the rest of the day um, and actually i rate you that your scouts would do against well against the hunter orcs and stuff like that that we keep you know there's, there's loads and loads of them i mean i guess you have one attack and no spear sports so that's one of the downsides and because of maelstrom um your banner was really trapped in one corner as well, so you didn't even have the banner support. Whereas Imrahil's 12 inch banner just everyone gets a reroll. So, me having having the fight for and the banner, and you only have one dice at a time, it just the, 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 the standard fights just, just didn't really go your way at all.
5: Well, I mean, I've played like Fiefdoms and Kazadoon before, and I've definitely noticed the lack of spear support in this. And yeah, it's, it's, you've not got. Because you've just got one dice, and that's all you're counting on. There's no, yeah,
1: and and, and especially because the we're aiming to get into the middle bit. There's this massive bit of terrain I mentioned earlier. There's another bit of terrain on the uh, sort of closer to your side where alerts came on, and and there's another bit. So there, there wasn't as much way that you could sort of man- use your greater speed to manoeuvre around uh, maybe you could have done a bit more with uh, Lertz's warband but again Lurz's warband was shooting and uh, and also Lertz died so so yeah there was I think once once he went that you had you'd lost a lot of your potential to get those wraps um, and also you lost all the moves after that because you had no might on Lertz; uh, he was gone so yeah I mean there, a lot of stuff didn't go your way uh, your way here Robert but either way um, uh, it was a 10-1 win to me in the end I got a seven uh, for the for the central objective managed to shield you off completely off that objective um, um, and uh, you did break me in the end. Uh, just the weight of Dyson, you you did manage to get me. But I, I also, um, I did table you. So, yeah. uh, so well, I go- I was
5: hoping for that at the end. Yeah, yeah. Is it? You know, it's nice. If you're going to lose, lose well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, Robert, you you certainly lost with a smile on your face. Um, so, uh, especially considering the the, the atrocious uh, look you had.
5: Uh, you know, I've never played these before. I, you know. I bashed these out in, like, a week over Christmas. You
1: know? I think they look, they look amazing. They, the highlighting is brilliant, and you mentioned they did the most with contrast, but they, I,
5: I couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm very happy with them, but, you know, I just... I needed an army. I always struggle to get, like, grunts done. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought, I'm just going to just get them done. Don't, don't care about... You
1: know the details yeah. are on. Well, uh, they they look fantastic. So, uh, well, best of luck in your next uh, game. I know we both ended up with a loss to get here, uh, and that, that puts you down to two. But I'm I'm sure now you've you've learnt a couple of the tricks of uh, the army. Hopefully you'll uh, you'll pull a win out of the bag next time. So best of luck for the rest of the tournament.
5: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully you don't end up in the bottom set or whatever <laughs> it's
1: called. Hey, at least if you do, you've got something to play for. So, all right, best of luck for the rest of the tournament. Cheers. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Game number three at the Grand Prix, and we're playing Recon, uh, everybody's favourite. Uh, it's a it's a delightful. Scenario and when I looked down at the um, the long shanks list, I thought, "Oh, this is good." Uh, the army that I'm playing against here, I've got a real strong chance of winning this one. Uh, but I was against Jason uh, before we reveal why uh, why I think that. Jason uh, Hounslow, uh, I think you've been on the podcast before, uh, quite a while ago now, but uh, you return once again, and with what army have you brought this weekend? I've brought
6: breaking with the breaking the fellowship. Yeah, this weekend,
1: which which is
6: on the face of it. Uh, uh, not not the scenario for you, I'd imagine, Recon. No. <laughs> well, the th- first three for this tournament, I kind of uh, didn't think I'd do so well at.
1: Yeah. You've got, you must have got one win so far, though, right? So...
6: Yeah, I won, uh, I won domination. Wow, that's pretty good going with, with the fellowship, right? Uh, yeah, well, I was
1: against another fellowship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, on this one, the reason I say I, I sort of set this up in this way is because I think, right, fellowship, that's going to be relatively easy. Send some dudes off the board and then just, you know, clog them down. Hopefully I won't be able to, to do anything. But um, I came to this table... And it's the most ridiculous table uh, possible for, for recon. I mean, Jason, you came over to me and sort of said, said, oh, you should see the board. You're like, I mean, just, just describe it for us. Well, yeah, I was happy with the board. <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's like the best board for recon for you, right? Yeah, it's well, it's um, got a castle wall, like halfway across the centre. Yeah. And then it's got like a big mountain terrain piece in the other side of the centre.
1: Yeah, and then there's even a little rock in the middle of the, that, that gap in there. So in total, I think, oh, you must... It, we're looking at a 12-inch gap, part of which is blocked by a sort of 3-inch wide thing. Um, so there's only sort of one place we're going to fight over, unless I climb over walls or climb up mountains and all this sort of stuff. So I was thinking, oh, this is crap. Because if if the fellowship get on quick enough, get to the, the middle quick enough, um, then they could potentially block that gap off completely from me and um, and I 'm in serious trouble, but and um, I think just just because I have Imrahil and uh, the the cavalry, I managed to get quite far up ahead and and get into that gap before you could really block it off
6: yeah um, I failed to come on the first time as yeah. well so that was big. yeah yeah so it just gave me that extra move so I
1: mean here there's I mean I don't know did you have any particular uh, strong plans going into this I mean obviously as we said it 's not really your scenario no um,
6: I think the yeah, the terrain made it the best best case scenario for me, and I kind of wanted Legolas to be at the back so you could shoot if you tried going around. But yeah. by the time by the time combats were happening, uh, I couldn't get Legolas free. So. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I think it was just
1: the bo- the weight of numbers for me. I I, I had sort of thirty three models, so I could getting stuck in pretty quickly and, and it, was, it wasn't as if Aragorn and Boromir and the guys were sort of cutting through them really quickly or anything. I, I sort of, maybe i am just underestimate them but I, I thought they'd be chopping through guys left and right and centre but because you haven't got that, it's the breaking of fellowship so you've got a lot of special rules but you haven't got the Andrew or uh, and Gimli can do some killing but you know, even he, he's probably only killing on average one guy a turn winning on five so it's, you know, it's not all that easy for you to chop through this, this arm, is it? No, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I didn't,
6: didn't really kill very quickly with them, no.
1: No, I think, it, and if you'd have managed to kill a bit quicker, you might have been able to stop some of the heroic combats. I think that's, that's the one thing I'd say. I don't know whether you called enough heroic combats to try and plug the gaps. Do you, do you think that might have
6: helped? Um, well, I, I was kind of thinking of the might to do wounds. Yeah. But even then, I, some of my rolls I didn't even roll well enough to might to kill
1: yeah i think because you, you took um Imrahil off his horse four long off his horse eventually uh but but they di- i did get some cavalry charges so it kind of blunted your your ability to to do any any serious damage so I, I managed to get some it's a good start but i think ultimately here it was just all down to the fact that i managed to sneak three guys uh, off towards the the edge of the board and i was just very careful about making sure that i was actually going to be able to um quarter myself and 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 end up uh, ending the game before you had a chance to sort of mop up and move the guys through but I mean there was some spicy stuff that happened though I mean uh, Imrahil uh, I called three uh, two heroic defences and a strike with Imrahil um, and he was he was very resilient up until the very last turn and um, like the little things, like him fighting against Aragorn with a couple of extra dudes, and I just managed to take him off the table in one go, and uh, sort of quite late in the game, to be fair.
6: But I, that was that was like a bit of a shock for both of us, I think. Yeah, well, I had the heroic strike with the free might. Yeah, uh, so I was higher fight, and uh, yeah, just. Didn't didn't get the six. No,
1: just don't, yeah, just didn't get the six, and he was trapped, and his defense five, isn't he? So he, he goes down relatively quickly. But was there anything you think that you could have done differently to try and uh, try and get that win? Uh, no I don't i don 't think I i mean it's, it's, a, it's a hard it's a hard enough game as it is without uh, in playing recon uh, again but against the big big army and, and having just just a lot of pikes and a lot of dice on your guys just force you to spend that um, might a lot quicker perhaps than you would want to um, I was getting more sixes than perhaps I should have been, but and that forces you to spend some might and it just means you 've got less resources to then kill stuff I guess so it just slows you down and it's all a bit of a self perpetuating cycle of, uh, of sadness yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. well there you go uh, Jason um, I, was there anything you think that I should have done differently before, yeah. before we move on uh, just to try and uh, obviously I got my three guys off the board but I, I don't know whether I was right in throwing Imrahil in so early I, d- I don't know he it, it, it sort of, lasted until the very last turn before we got chopped down by Boz and uh, and Ari, uh, uh, Gimli but I don't know whether whether I was a bit gung-ho with them do you think uh, I don't know. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think it was it worked out all right. Well, uh, Jason, uh, in the end, it was a 9-5 uh, victory to me. Um, so I got my three guys off the board for the full seven, killed um, Aragon for the uh, the extra couple of points, and uh, you broke me and killed him Hill on last turn. So that was uh, 9-5 win to me. So the second win of the day for me. Uh, pretty happy with that. Uh, going into round number four. But uh, Jason, in the meanwhile, uh, thanks very much and best of luck for the next tournament. Yep. You too. Cheers. Man. Game number four, the final one of the day here at the Grand Prix. Uh, The engines are tired, we're running low on fumes uh, but the race is still afoot. So uh, join now uh, for Lords of Battle, the final game of the day exciting stuff, by Elliot Schillinglaw of the
7: Gollum's Gamers podcast. Indeed. Welcome. Indeed. Thank you very much, Harry. Uh, this a little upstart podcast you got. Yes. Coming to rival people yes. It is, uh, you know, the fight of the podcast uh, yeah. in this game. And um, unfortunately, you know, the big boy channel shut me down. He, <laughs> he put me in my place as the the lowly channel. He just had to do his thing. He's flexed on me a little bit, but, you know, I'll have to hold the L, I think. Well, yeah,
1: we're we'll not reveal the exact score uh, until we get right to the end. But... Um, you've got yeah for 600
7: points um, a lot of people have taken this army uh, to the tournament what have you brought with you yeah so it's the classic uh, hunter-orc list if you want to see the exact list you can check out the preview that we did for this event <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it was uh, Jake Rawson's winning list from this event last year uh, so it's 600 points Azog's Hunters and Azog's Legion Alliance uh, led by Nazog with the two other named heroes as well uh, Yazneg and Fimbul, uh with a Goblin Mercury Captain so you've got March you've got everything you need lots of might 11 might 42 models it's just a hunter orc swarm 19 bows uh so it does a lot of things um it's just a really solid around list really it's 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 an intimidating list especially i think it was 12 or something like that people brought this list or or some kind of hunter list anyway there were uh 10 narzog leaders at this event which we covered in the preview and then a couple of others that have bulk as well so there's like 12 as hunters lists in total so really really strong yeah yeah so intimidating stuff lords of battle
1: all about getting the kills getting the kill tally um, we had a bit of a debate at the start. The terrain's quite interesting. Yes. Uh, you made us play sideways because there's this massive, massive sort of fact- dwarven factory thing in the middle, yeah. which is cool. Um, but we, we were talking about do you, your 19 bows, do
7: they outshoot my eight heroic shoots with the rerolls and the 3 plus? And you, and you think yes? so I played against Fiefdoms earlier on today uh, so Harry only has eight of those bows in his list including Dern here where uh, earlier I played against I think 12 uh, and the shooting in that matchup was really really rough so I thought even though he's got a few less uh, I still thought with the heroic shoot it was likely a war I wasn't going to win so Hunter ultimately you want to get in combat and hopefully roll well and out dice your opponent um, but yeah I decided not to just sit there and try shoot Harry
1: yeah and, and I think the first turn I was like, Ugh. I only got two kills in the first turn. I I went for the long shots of trying to go through in the ways to get Nazo, That didn't happen. But I killed two Hunter up And I thought, I almost didn't call the heroic shoot the second turn, thinking... Yeah, I was I was thinking because you got might me by such a margin. You, ha- yes. you started with nine, eleven night to yeah. my eight, yes. and I'd spent one on the right shoot already. So you were looking at uh, although you marched twice with the captain, so that, that sort of even things off a little. Yeah. And um, I was I was tempted not to do it because I, I I thought if I get get just four kills for two might, then it yes. mo- probably isn't worth it. But that second turn of shooting, I think I killed five and I took
7: Nazog off his wild. Well. Yes. Absolutely crucial, I think, uh, in those that, that shooting turn in, in the end. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i think it was i mean you know heading into combat down seven models i've used two points of might uh for the march obviously he called two crack shoots as well but um i wasn't feeling too bad obviously yeah. seven kills is a decent amount but uh, i had my whole line now in front of his ready for a big move off and you and you'd also you were still outnumbering at that point so you were 36 to my 33 at the start so. yes yeah so i was outnumbering right in his face which is where i want to be uh lots of might still in the tank so i was feeling good you know heading into combat
1: yeah and and that first that I mean, we said at the time this is probably going to be one of the most important roll-offs of the game um because we knew you'd marched into such a position where you knew you'd be able to tag down Imrahil at least one of the nights and may I don't think for long in that one because uh, he was too far back there was a bit of a gap and there was a lot of control zones in the way but we knew if if I get the charge here I can blunt Yasneg or well, I probably wouldn't be able to blunt them because they were sort of uh, quite far back yeah, but yeah but I, I
7: get an hill charge and i would be able to choose a lot of the key combats which was big yep yeah it was a really big first turn move off um, you know when I won it I thought yes I can charge all my Hunter Orcs in uh, you know I'll have more dice in theory uh, you know f- for my singular model but obviously they have two attacks versus Harry's line which is two dice but then he's got the banner as well so really when you're lower fight value plus he has the banner as well I'm actually not rolling as many dice yeah. uh, at lower fight value which really isn't a good place to be
1: yeah because of course your banner doesn't cover everything
7: like you can cover some of it and, and
1: where you have it you've got the the two dice plus the re-roll whereas I've got everywhere I've got two dice plus a re-roll and I've got you, uh, almost always to higher fight except when I've got the uh, the Black Reveil dudes uh, in there but I mean so you did win that first roll off, yep. um, you got your big boys in uh, and you know you tied down Imrahil and all this sort of stuff first turn, uh, I think you made a bit of a mistake um, you, you, you charged Imrahil with, with just one guy and left your your captain behind him and it gave me the chance for a heroic combat into the captain and with it being Lords of Battle, something I think
7: you've forgotten about, I get a point of might for killing a hero, um, yeah. Sadly, it didn't quite go my, my way anyway. No, it was a classic Elliot blunder, as I'm known for regularly on the podcast uh, and amongst my friends. Uh, I just... It's, it's game four of a long day. I just kind of didn't think that in Lords of Battle he would get the point of my back so I thought I'll put my captain um, in front of Imrahil uh, so if he hurried combats onto him that will slow him from getting through my line and onto Nazar so I thought that's quite a good thing to do uh, but then obviously Harry was licking his chops thinking he'd get a free point of my back yeah sadly uh, yeah.
1: The, the, so I won the fight the, I, I actually had to spend a point of might in that hurried combat to win the, the fight against the goblin which was very frustrating uh, but luckily I did kill that goblin went into the goblin captain won the fight, rolled eight dice, uh, looking for fours, I think I was, uh, in order to try and kill it, and didn't score a single wound. So so
7: I spent two points of might uh, to try and get one point of might back, and then didn't get the point of might back. So it was a bit no. of a cock-up. Yeah, it was it was a terrible blunder. I mean, a, fo- a, a three high on eight dice is, uh, I'm not sure what the stats are on that, but incredibly low. So yeah. uh, it was some really good luck there for me at the start of the game. He spent two might and didn't really net anything from it.
1: But crucially... Um, the boys just held firm in that first round of combats I had uh, I, d- I don't know I don't know whether I lost any I don't think I did I, I maybe one or two but like even even your like your Yazneg uh, or whichever one it was yeah. he had to spend a lot of might to win a fight or, yeah. or something like that and there was just you, I think you maybe took off two, maybe three guys with all,
7: all of the fights. It was absolutely ridiculously one-sided for me. Yeah, maybe two fights I killed in where Harry, thing, I think, killed in like six or seven. I mean, I won the move off. I got to do everything I wanted to do with the army. Uh, you know, I think I did most of the right things uh, You know, to get into the combat in the place I wanted to be. And then, ultimately, if my troops just lose the fight and then die, obviously, Harry... Uh, of the time is getting a roll that he wants he's either wounding on a 5 or a 6 or he's re-rolling to wound on a 1 so he's got a really good chance of netting something good from every combat uh, and that you know, paid off through that first
0: turn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and it's worth noting, you know, that was with, that was after Imrahil's whiff. Forlong was sort of fenced off um, so he couldn't, he could only get like one kill so it wasn't really worth doing high combats and stuff. Uh, and, you know, and some of my line, um, I had like, I didn't even have spear supports because the bows were standing behind the guys um, and they didn't get a chance to rejig things. So, so there was a couple of bows without spears that were helping out. Meanwhile, uh, you did try a flanking manoeuvre over a massive bit
7: of wall that I sort of castled into a wall and you sent something like four guys or five guys up there yeah so i had eight models including two fellwargs, ready to hop over a big wall and be on harry's flank so i thought even if like one maybe two of them dies like it isn't that bad but um yeah uh three of them died uh, and another one fell prone at the bottom so only four of them actually made it over in one piece it was it was ridiculous worth noting this is, isn't it just like
1: a little wall it's like a it's like a fortress style wall to uh it was about well, i think it was four inches or no two inches up two. so you got two two uh strings three or whatever it is hits yeah. uh
7: yeah so <laughs> three guys down including a wag and one was prone which was absolutely ridiculous yeah. so then after the six or seven in combat plus the other three that actually then stings a lot more on top of this the seven that he killed from shooting he's then killed what roughly 15 ish maybe more models to my two or three yeah. so after that first turn it was just looking very very bad
1: yeah and then so and so i needed to kill 22 to break you i was very very close uh, to that in the pretty much in the first turn of combat yes. First turn of combat, yeah. yeah. And, and from there, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot you could really do. It, it was all down to whether your heroes could could pull their weight enough, but just the fact that they're, they're not quite the right fight value, like, and you had them switch the wrong way around, didn't you? Like, you had the fight... 4-1 close no further away further and the fight 5-1 closer where Imrahil uh, gave my
7: guys a fight 5 so it was just it was just a bit of bad luck or maybe, maybe a bit of bad placement to be fair yeah, right? yeah yeah, yeah. it was um, if I could have had Thimble on the far side away from Imrahil yeah. I wouldn't have had to spend might to strike and I'm winning on a high fight value where yeah. with Yasneg I'm being outfought at fight 4 compared to 5 but then I can strike every time with Yasneg so yeah. that would have been more efficient yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so it was
7: uh, it was a bit of a shame and, and I think um, you
1: you just burned through quite a lot of some of those heroes, Mike, quite quickly, so you didn 't have the sort of the, the resources there maybe to to get as many kills as you wanted or heroic combat or anything like that, and it was just because i had I had all the pikes there, like there was a a, th- a very thin line on my right-hand side flank where the bows had been shooting, but on my left, where you sent in your big boys, you went straight into the
7: uh, to the, the thickest pike block, which I, I
1: which was only to avoid Imrahil, of course.
7: But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I need to get over there and try and kill some stuff. But like Harry said, sort of once I lost that amount of models, just the resources weren't there. I had to um, now chuck one hunter orc into two guys with a spear everywhere I can to try hold up the line. But then those are fights that I'm then. know most of the time they're dying in as well so just after that things just kind of went you're downhill consistently from there.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it really did spiral, and, and I think that's kind of uh, what she wrote. There was there was a couple of unlucky things after that. You rolled a couple of uh, bad courage checks once you broke and spent some will, and and one guy ran off. Uh, not Nasuk, he he narrowly kept stayed on the board, but but really that that, that was kind of it. So uh, uh, I, I can't think of any, anything else that
7: that particularly brings springs to mind as something um, that happened. I don't know. was. Uh, it? Himble ran away uh, yeah. on his first courage test. That was a bit annoying because he was my fight five, five one. That was actually a turn I could have got him into uh troops that were only going to be fight four so that would have been quite nice but he ran away uh but outside of that i sort of just lost far too many models after the very first turn and you're not in a position to play catch up from there even with hunter orcs you're d4 uh, and at lower fight with a 12 inch banner it's it's not a great place to be absolutely uh,
1: so in the end i got the 34 on, on the kill tally uh, which included uh uh, getting a very lucky shot on Nazog's Wag and a uh, couple of fate, uh, one fate and a, w- a couple of wounds on uh, the captain and Yazneg, the uh, And then uh, you got 17, so it was exactly half. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I think we were saying there was a small chance. T- I think you might have been able to get a, if you'd yeah. gone for a horse, you might have been able to kill the horse yeah. uh, and make it up to 18 to 34. But in the end, it was a double for me, so I got 34 uh, over your 17, and that makes uh, five points for me. And then I broke you and was remaining unbroken at the end. I think I was two, four, six. 8,
7: 10, 12, 13, so he needed to kill four guys to break me. Four guys off. I mean, not too bad considering how much I think I kind of got diced a little bit in that game. I hate saying that for the record because it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but I just, you know, I don't think many things went well that game. I did win all the move-offs, which sounds like things did go my way, but I wasn't in a position after that first turn to net anything in return for them, so they were not really very valuable to win in that sense so
1: and, and, and it's also worth noting uh, you could never wrap around my lines because a, a three of the guys that you tried to wrap around died on the falling off the cliff thing and the wag died as well and one of them was prone but um they, they, i have a big big sort of gap to to cover i think it must be somewhere in the region of um let me just measure it why not there's, there's a live some live measuring, some live measuring here. Uh, here we go oh it's <laughs> wobbling uh, so it's about a- 18 inches wide uh, so my line was quite quite stretched out but um you just never had a, but those big blocks on either side just meant you could never
7: quite wrap, which is what Hunter talks yeah. want to do. You want to be able to get all your bodies in a wrap round. That's it, yeah. But then it was obviously losing the ones to shooting. Then when yeah. I tried to wrap, I lose three on the wrap, and then I lose six or seven in combat first turn. You're then suddenly almost broken. Harry's lost a couple models. That's kind of the tail of the yeah. game at that point. Exactly. So it was an 8-0 8,
1: eight nil win uh, to, to me in the end. So that means I'm on three wins and a loss for today. I don't know what that does in terms of the standings, but... Uh, I'm guessing I've got a sweaty day of action tomorrow but I I don't know what it means for you Elliot but uh, either way best of luck for the rest of the tournament thank you very
7: much Harry Uh, make sure have to do a quick plug Uh, go and check out the uh, Golems Games podcast we do lots of uh, bat reps and all kinds of things uh, related to uh, Middle Earth so uh, go and check us out on YouTube Spotify uh, and all those kinds of places I think it's a silly nervous podcast (laughs) that is a good uh, you know critique of our podcast There, I will take that Uh, I would call your channel a lemon channel oh
1: look at that oh I'll I'll take that that is a compliment in case you're, you don't get the references. If you do want the references, check out uh, Gollum's Gamers. Right, uh, on to get day number two. Before we do that, though, let's just uh, take a look back and reflect on what we've uh, encountered so far. So four games day one, three wins at, at one of the more competitive tournaments. I can take that. I'll take that right to the bank and uh, cash that check. Um, I think I think it's a pretty effective submarining so far. Uh, after Jayacharya... The legend that is Jay Acharya, it must be must be said, I mean, up until this point, um, he, he'd won the only GBHL 100 of the year, uh, taking a very similar army to this weekend. So, you know, i take the loss. He's also fourth in the league last year. So there's no shame in losing to uh, Jay Acharya. And, and to be fair, he's very nice about giving you an absolute fisting. So 11-0 loss to him uh, against him in uh, in the first game. But you know what? That's fine um I, because after that I've done all right I've submarined uh, to to victory against Robert and Jason I mean Robert um it, it it was it was one of those ones where I just think I I I think I just had some little things uh, go my way against uh, robert that uh, that maybe maybe you wouldn't uh, normally expect against uh, uh, the ugluk um ugluk scouts uh, but either way i was very happy with the win i think i played it all right um no 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 shame in that loss uh, sorry in that win um i think it was a it, i think i did really well 10-1 win in hold ground i think just just shielding off the center uh, is is the key for that that scenario and, and i was quite happy to do that uh, even even though i got a ridiculous scenario against jason uh, sorry, the ridiculous board against Jason and his Fellowship. I, I I mean, it was mine to lose, really, Recon against the Fellowship of the Ring. Lovely to see the Fellowship of the Ring uh, at a tournament. I haven't played the Fellowship in a while. Lovely to see them. Uh, and chipped away a lot, a lot of their resources, um, just just chopping and, and just being a wave of dudes. But uh, ultimately, if I lost that one, I was uh, I was playing it very poorly, despite there being a ridiculous amount of terrain blocking off the centre, uh, funnelling me in there. So that was good. And then Elliot. Elliot Schillingall that we just heard from there. Elliot from the Gollum's Gamers podcast. Uh, you know, if you, I mean, I've been watching um, some of uh, their podcasts in the last few uh, few months, and really enjoying the the bands, uh that they provide. Uh, the guys at the Golems Gamers, so which I should say, uh, Harrier is one of the Golems Gamers team, uh, though. Uh, so that's two uh, Golems Gamers that I've had the pleasure to play uh, so far. Uh, and you know what? I, I think I did get pretty lucky against Elliot, but um, I like to think that I did did the did the right things. You know, I chipped away to shoot, doing shooting, but so many ridiculous things happened. It was such a hoot. I really, really enjoyed that game. Um, you know, things like the the, the wolves and the the uh, hunter orcs just climbing over this big ruin and just all of them falling off and dying. And uh, it was just, it was just hilarious. And um, I think Elliot, uh, uh, Elliot, you know, took it all with a very, very big grin on his face. He was, uh, seemed to be just uh, reveling in the the hilarity of everything. And so was I. So, uh, real, real pleasure. Uh, to do that so so looking at the end of day one uh, as i mentioned three wins and one uh one loss that puts me in the second pod so the chaser pod which is amazingly the third time i've been in the chaser pod so uh, uh for this tournament um which i think is beyond my um my skills really uh, I, I don't think i necessarily deserve to be in the chaser pod uh, but I, I'm, I'm proud of it i'm really happy to be there uh so i've been um Uh, In the very first year, I won the Chaser Pod. That was when it was a much smaller tournament, but um, really enjoyed that. Uh, And then last year, I managed to squeak into the Chaser Pod and and not do very well. I think, I can't remember exactly. You'll have to check back uh, to episode, want to say 77? I don't know. It'll be in the 70s anyway, uh, for the the last Grand Prix. Um, And uh, and didn't do greatly well, uh, but nonetheless... Really happy to have gotten into the pod with my Numenor. This time, um, straight into the pod with my, uh, with my uh, 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 Fiefdoms Alliance, uh, Fiefdoms Army. So uh, it, it, I, I expect a pretty hard go of it today. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'd be very, very surprised if I did well. But with that in mind, let's head to Risley Hall and return to the action at the Grand Prix game number five day number two very exciting in the chaser pod so that's the second pod of the uh, of the tournament there's the top table sweat sweatiness and then there's the second table slightly less sweatiness but still probably quite sweaty uh, to contend with for the rest of the day uh, in a knockout tournament playing against dean rug um dean first of all uh you what, what have you brought with you for the weekend hello yeah i um hosted the dragon emperor which i know everyone dreads yeah but had to be done yeah absolutely so, so you've your build's slightly different to some versions, though. Uh, you've just got Retarbi and the Emperor. Yeah, I've just maxed out the warbands pretty much with the Easterlings, making the yeah. most of the fight five. Yeah, and you got what? Uh, I think it was thirty-five models, a couple of calves, but then and only what, like one acolyte. Yeah, I had a few spare points to chuck an acolyte in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty solid. And to be fair, the acolyte did some <laughs> did some pretty <laughs> solid yeah, work. He got quite lucky, and yeah. And yeah.
0: Two kills with his throwing axes, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we got. Um, uh, It's a veto system today, and we were playing objective scenarios. Uh, So it was either domination, breakthrough, or capture and control. Um, I vetoed uh, capture and control. I had the first veto. Uh, I was thinking capture and control, it probably is handy for you because you've got a drum and you can sort of nip round to objectives and then uh, return back to the middle. Uh, whereas at least domination requires you to stay somewhere. Um, and breakthrough, I thought I might have a chance of breaking through you uh,
0: with my big heroes. Um, but you quite wisely vetoed breakthrough. I su- yeah. suspect for that reason. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, we played domination first game, day one, didn't we? Uh, I know what Eastern's can do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Make the most from our drum at the end of the game if I need to. Um, it wasn't kind of needed this game. And yeah. We, we just broke through the lines pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, it, it was... So won I'm, all the priorities, didn't I? So.
1: Well, I was going to say, yes, yeah, so, I mean, the deployment, um, there's, there's a sort of big gap of a... Somewhere between 12 and 15 inches in the middle between some terrain. And I think just generally the 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 width of that that sort of gap favored your um, bigger fight value buff than it did mine and and my my guys are, are generally uh, i mean i've got a few defense six but they're generally a lot lower defense than yours so you've got a very similar effects to me but it's slightly bigger and you've got a higher defense so it was it i think it was quite a tough start for me in the sense that i i needed to get some of those early wins and start chipping away uh, your stuff uh, and, and that just didn't happen. I, I didn't have enough stuff to spread. I, I, I was outnumbered by a couple of models, so I just
0: didn't have enough stuff at the start. Yeah, that gap in the middle is like perfect for wasting pipe block. Um, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't deploy a little bit back a bit just to make the most um, of trying to spread around the wings. So I was quite happy with that. <laughs> well, I, well, I, I thought uh, if I, I deploy in the
1: centre, um, I'd, I'd at least I'd, I'd at least block off the the rear objectives and sort of meet yeah. you in the middle because you only had two warbands and you put your first one down uh, in the middle. And I thought, I. I don't know. Maybe it was a wrong wrong move. I, if I'd have gone at the back, maybe I could have shot a lot more with my bows. That might have helped a bit. But I was just worried that you would drum and march into me and cover the the three back objectives that uh, on your side of the field. And then I would I would be sort of having to fight, uh, fight a chasing game where I you know maybe I'd whittle down some uh, wounds with the with the bows and stuff. But I just suspected that in the end uh, you. I, I wouldn't have enough stuff to, to actually run around the edges, so that, that was the logic. Whether or not that's true, maybe, maybe I should have done, uh, done some more shooting and, and tried for it in the, the late game, but uh, yeah, that's not a bad shout. But, I mean, realistically, it came down to the, the first couple of turns, wasn't it? Like, we just deployed line line against line, and um, I left some ca- gaps for my cavalry heroes to go through. Uh, Dwin here, oh, yeah. uh, a little gap to, to slide in if I wanted to with a heroic move. He, I deployed my archers on the front, and it was just basically two, those first two heroic moves went, went your way, yeah. that was kind
0: of it was big because I just didn't get any cavalry charges. Yeah, Retabi didn't fail him after a battle, which helped with my moves. Didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't use my might, um, and yeah, she, she just got stuck in there yeah. with,
1: with the combat. Yeah, yeah, and, and combat into Dwin here, taking a point of might off the off the board in the first couple of turns as well. So, so yeah, it was it was it was quite a decisive couple of turns at the start. I mean, do, do
0: you think do you think I, I, I lost it in the deployment um, or, or was there something I no, could have no, done? No, the Deployment was okay. Uh, you left the room for Fatty and able to get in a bit. Because I won priority every turn, or won the roll off, yeah. uh, you didn't get the chance to. Which, without without them two fighting, your yeah, five dims don't do a lot, do they?
1: Yeah, and, and
0: for, even though, you, yeah, I mean, you charge four
1: long and he's got two attacks, and the I don't have the lance bonus, so you know, he's he's more likely to whiff his combat. So I think you did alright. He got a couple of right combat, a couple of combats off, and killed some dudes, but it just wasn't enough. I mean, do, do you think there's anything that I should have done differently here? Uh,
0: Playing, I'd play the five dims a lot. as my um, one of my friends used them. We play weekly. Yeah, um, maybe trying to get one, one lot of shoot it in maybe um, and say so the, the, the gap a bit further out from the middle um, would, would have been suited the five turns a bit better maybe yeah um, But I you didn't do anything wrong like your deployment was fine you, you left the for of fat Emery Hill to get stuck in yeah. which is the main thing Yeah. you've yeah. never got the chance to so.
1: I think it, it's so often in a, a strategy battle game you, the deployment can be the make or break of a, of a game and, and I think uh, in retrospect you you 're right, I, I should have known at the start your pipe block outfights mine. Um, the only advantage i 've got in this uh, uh, matchup is that I have the the eight bows, and if i if I tried to leverage them in some way, then maybe yeah you 're right that that that's, and that, and uh, stupidly that 's what I did all of yesterday like i i spent but i mean maybe I just sort of i, I don 't know maybe I was just there, uh, not thinking straight, but I just sort of thought that. I'm, I'm going to struggle to crack through your D6, which is which is right. I mean, that did that, I did struggle, yeah. but
0: I just thought I'd never catch the uh, end objectives. But yeah, maybe you're right there Yeah, that middle. I don't think like where I deployed. I don't think you've probably ever got a chance at the middle objective. Yeah. So um, once I deployed my first one, I think then you have to deploy around it. Yeah. 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 yeah I guess so. So, but yeah, that, that was the only hope. But
1: either way, uh, Dean, it was a cracking game. And it, the, dra- the dragon emperor is is still very very good i i was i was we'll wait till uh, next week see what happens yeah see what happens in the faq and uh, uh, um, but the um i, I there was, there's so many things i mean I, I played with the dragon emperor when it first came out i haven't haven't used it since but like it, even though like there was a moment when i was trying to kill my guys because i had two objectives yeah. um uh, pretty much safe and sound i was trying to get down to quarters as, as just to save some vps and like you were shielding with everything i thought i thought oh well, dragon emperor look at it he can't shield on that and then he, he's even got that like he's got everything even shield yeah <laughs> absolute nonsense well uh, but it wasn't a, d- a total disaster uh, it was a seven four loss to me so i did manage to hold on to two objectives um, but i i think that was largely because you just sort of you sort of said oh yeah i let's let's you know you rather than yeah. carrying on shielding uh, and just dragging the game out you you yeah. just you just kind of let me have those points
0: yeah very happy with the win yeah. uh, I'm re- not new to the game but I'm reasonably new to the game and in my defence Eastlands was my first army before the Dragon Emperor come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so I've already had the models uh, yeah, yeah. before yeah. that so yeah well uh, if you're relatively new to the game uh,
1: you, you're absolutely smashing it if you're going, getting into the chaser pod and uh, and uh, you know uh, winning your first game as well so um Better luck for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, uh, good luck. Cheers, mate. Thanks Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, number six uh, at <laughs> the uh, the Grand Prix. Um, it's it's getting sweaty and hot and hungover and all that sort of stuff today. And playing against. Fellow, fellow belly, Darren Dickinson. Welcome back to the podcast.
8: Hello, Harry. Happy to
1: be here. Ah, it's it's great. Yeah, I think the last time we played a game was uh, very long time ago. Um, it was, uh, as you, I think you mentioned just before in in Winchester a couple of years ago. You you did feature briefly in um, in the whole podcast though uh, as a star person when I went over there. Yeah, when it was we were live in the car. Surprised in the car. That yeah, was fun. Yeah, I loved yeah. it.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, so this one uh, we're playing veto again, and it was the. Oh, yeah, yeah. the the, the manoeuvring scenario. So uh, I think I got to choose my vetoing first and I almost vetoed the wrong one, but then I sort of thought, well, actually, no, I'm definitely going to veto um, Divide and Conquer um, because I don't have march in my army and you have shitloads of marching and drumming because what have you got with you today?
8: So I've got Ugluk scouts. Uh, so I've got Ugluk and Malher and then Snaga and Grishnak. So I've got a drum. Um, I've got five points of might that can march. I have 41 models. Not enough bows, but that didn't really matter in this game. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because uh, because you vetoed wi- which scenario to leave us with uh, the game we got.
8: So you, yeah, you vetoed divine and conquer. Then I, no, no one wants to play storm the camp. Although apparently everyone up the tables next to us wants to play storm the camp, but yeah. I definitely don't want to play storm the camp. So I vetoed that so we could play recon because I thought I can march, I can drum, and I can, I can pretty much get on and deploy however I want, and then I can just go wherever you aren't and run off that edge because my models can move like 14 inches a turn. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and it's a pretty logical start. I mean, the only the only thing I had going for me, I think, was the, the the bows were able to sort of. Narrower. Uh, there was cut off some of the area that you can go towards, uh, and then I just had to try and cover the rest of it. Um, I was encumbered a little bit by a, a really quite enormous ruin on my uh, deployment zone. It goes all the way right to the back of the obje- uh, back of the table edge, and um, so that my my back, uh, my table edge was divided in half, or uh, as good as half, um, from the start. So I, I felt like I had to deploy something on both sides of it, otherwise you could zoom past. But it. It, it did really encumber me because it meant my army was very much divided because you got up here really
8: fast. Yeah, well, when we when actually came to the table, we were both on the same side of the table, if you remember, and we rolled for it and I decided to take to go the long way round to the side because I looked and, yes, there's this horrible bit of terrain in your, well, now your side, and the other side's completely open. So if you'd been on the other side, you can shoot, you can see all the way across with your shooting and any of my models that get clear, you'd be able to shoot them, whereas over here, I thought if wherever you put your archers, I could potentially go the other the way mm-hmm. and avoid the shooting, and there's also some terrain in the middle that meant I could be screened from your shooting for a turn, and it's and it's in such a way that I could get halfway up the board and then decide whether to go right or left. Yeah. So I could wait and see until how you deployed to know which way I was going to go, which I thought would help.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and it, it really should have done uh, a, a lot of work because I think I got like five kills off my shooting. I only did one heroic shoot this time um, because the sc- as you mentioned that screening, you just were so quick. Like I think it was a march with but each Ugluk and Mauher and a drum twice. Uh, but you did take a bit longer to get on the board with Mauher, which was a bit annoying, please.
8: Yeah, so I left the drum behind, so Mauher came on turn two. So I called a march with Ugluk um, for turn one so that the spears could have a march and then called the drum and positioned the drum so that I could get pretty much lots of stuff being drummed and Mauher marched with the orcs again. So it was really fast. And I, you, because of your army was split, so I realised I could get to half of your army before you could combine forces. And I thought if I can get there, engage and just wrap around and like run a few models off. And yeah, you've got a couple of knights, but I reckoned I could run off quite a few models. Um, and then I'd be able to, we'd have a fight and either I'm gonna break you because I'm fighting half your army. If your reinforcements come and you break me, fine. You're not gonna have time to get all that stuff. You're not gonna have to break me and get off the board. Yeah. So that was the plan. But then I called some
1: heroic moves, right? That, that's basically it. I, Cause I had, there was a couple of choices I had. I, I could have, I think the first turn, um, I, I had a re- I, I had a real long think about. There was a you, you'd marched basically into the a third onto my uh, my edge of the table. So you were I t- uh, something like twenty inches away from my uh, table edge, and and I you won priority, and I was debating for ages as to whether uh, whether to call a move with Imrahil in order to charge them with the knight uh, and Imrahil, and then sort of fence off some other dudes because there are three guys at the front who are a little bit further ahead for some reason. And um, I took ages to do it, but in the end, that, that heroic move, I thought I thought it's important to do that because it means we're fighting that little bit further towards the middle of the table and ra- rather than being, you know, 12 to 16 or something inches uh, towards my table edge. Having g- get that heroic move was, was pretty much instrumental because I just pushed the lines back and it, it made it much harder for you to get around me.
8: Yeah, so when you were debating whether you were going to do it and you were like, I will do it, I won't do it, and I was really there like, I really hope he doesn't do it. (laughs) I wasn't sure whether it was a good idea or not at the time, but it would have been, I think... For you to do but for me it was mu- it was much better for you to, s- for, to stay back so I could have more space if we're fighting as close to your board edge as possible that's what I want so I mean that shows it obviously thinking about it in that way that it obviously was the right thing for you to do um, and I-, I don't think your heroes
1: are that well placed to be able
8: to push
1: your line m- much much more no, forward
8: not really I-, I didn't think you would charge in essentially Hill and a knight basically all alone um which you did so um I, I- I didn't see it coming, basically. And then my, my, my heroes weren't really in positions to counter-charge. And I was also really afraid of counter-charging. The big problem here, as we found, other than your dice, is that... Um, <laughs> Get slip that one in there. Is that um, you're fight five, like, so when your knight charges, I can't... my orc heroes. I've got loads of might on them, Well, I did, and they are four, So I can't countercharge a knight, just a knight, because he could rip the head off and they could die. So that was... Yeah, and particularly like
1: some of your heroes being like, uh, well most of your heroes are two wounds and one fate, uh, some of the orc heroes were. So yeah, it, it could just take a three points of might off the table in, in one go.
8: Yeah, exactly. So that meant I couldn't countercharge them. I couldn't really get round them. So it actually blocked me off. So it was really, it, it, really, really well done. And you brought your other sort of forces up, but there was still this massive gap. There was still a huge gap. And I'm thinking, if I can get this heroic move the next turn, I can just tag Imrahil, and then the rest of my army just rushes past, engages a few of your models. But I'd be really close to the corner of the board. Yeah. I'd be out because I'd be then being screened by your troops. You wouldn't be able to shoot me. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm home free.
1: But uh, the uh, basically that that second key heroic move off went went to me. And actually, all of the heroic move offs. There afterwards, and probably all the roll-offs as well. It was it was quite one-sided dice-wise.
8: Uh, yeah, in terms of you you were you were winning priority, but that's fine. Who cares? Because we're going to roll move anyway. But then you were I didn't even get to roll the dice. So if they were weighted dice, I would never know. Um, <laughs> you can't just throw that into the mix. You can't just accuse me of that. I can. I have. No, I haven't. I'm joking. Um, but yeah, so you you, were, you did win a lot of the heroic moves off, which which meant that I could just never get any further forward. I was always pinned in place. You did that really well. And and four. I mean, I was, it was great. I killed him. Hill's horse, which was absolutely key, but you did rip the head off Grishnak with just some pikemen, which is again, that fight five against my fight four heroes and took two might off the board, which then which, to be fair, I wasn't winning the move off anyway, but no. um, it was, that meant it was really difficult for me to get my Ork and Uruks into the same place because you, you were charging me and pinning me in place, and I, I hadn't prepared for you to charge me as early as you did, so everything wasn't as... You, you capitalised really well on that. I, I should have stayed a little bit further back and not allowed you to do that in hindsight because, yeah, yeah you, you just bot, you blocked me in, and then because you could win, win the move-off i just couldn 't rearrange my lines get spear sports where I wanted them. it was yeah. it
1: was tough and you didn 't get much of the animosity in the first couple right. of turns either because it was all all, all the fights because they 've got the plus one uh, to wound in combat so I, and, and I think so that, that first couple of turns i 'd killed what five or something with with bows we said, and then Imrahil and the knight killed something with their combat, and then four long helped out the next turn so within a couple of turns, I was on like ten kills, and you 'd killed almost nothing, maybe one or two dudes, so it was the numbers were now in my favor my my support. Crew from behind that annoying bit of terrain had had reinforced the lines, and I'd also gotten a knight and uh, sent some um, pikemen up towards the other end of the board. You're never trying to capture, the, catch them, uh, send anyone backwards. I, I wonder whether that that you could have done that. I don't know whether it was even possible, but you would ne- you'd need to commit a lot to it. I think, but. I, was, it, was it ever a consideration?
8: No, I saw your knight early on going, and, and it was actually going down the right-hand side, your right, so it was going down my left, originally, or it looked like it was, and I was going up my right-hand side, so I thought, I, if he wants to get it off, there's just nothing I can do. I, I don't even move that fast, unless I want to send the drummer after it, there's just, there's just no way I can really catch it, and one knight, I didn't think, it was going to be a problem. Yeah, because you, you should be getting three off the board at least, yeah, right? Exactly, so I didn't think the knight was a problem, and I also know what you're like, and there was a point where you started, you positioned the knight, and I thought, he's going to charge with this night. Like he's going to charge me. And <laughs> the rear with this knight
1: i I measured it carefully i was like oh yeah i'm I'm eight and a half inches away from your mortar. yeah that'll be good that'll be good and then then i just went off towards the board edge i I tricked you i got you
8: (laughs) well i was thinking because i was like if he charges me with this knight that'd be a really stupid thing to do so i was like that's probably not going to happen but i thought there was a i thought i mean you did make me think that you were at least thinking about it so i thought i was thinking about it to be fair well i thought that um if you did that then because i'd sent a drummer up the side it was only one model but i was trying to tempt you into committing some stupid amount of resources to take out one model in the same way that I was not going to do for your night. Um, but that didn't really work either. Yeah, it was.
1: I think it was unlucky because I managed to get one clansman uh, into him one turn and he survived the fight. And then I got... A pike joined him a turn or so later. Oh, no, it was the other way around. A, a pike first, and then they got the clansman. And then, like, my, my bows started moving in as well. So I'd, I'd, I'd covered the, the escape route with the bows via shooting, I thought. For, they'd have at least one turn of shooting at him uh, if, he, if he made a run for it. But in the end, I didn't need to just... Because I kept winning the fight and pinning you down. Uh, and eventually, the bows just joined the fight, and they, uh, they started... They, uh, I think the drummer died quite late. He did survive quite a long time, so it was annoying. But by that point um, the light I was very close to breaking you you didn't really have a lot of stuff um, that was was doing much damage and your heroes had kind of not really pulled their weight I mean largely because of my fight 5 I guess
8: yeah, exactly that, and, and and because they they couldn't get into decent positions because they were just stuck wherever they were, and there were so many models around that they couldn't I couldn't choose my fights, I couldn't I couldn't move them around. I've been constantly trying to call heroics with like a Snaga or a Grishnak when he was alive, and so that I would be able to move Ugluk to where I wanted him to be. But that I couldn't do that. And then at one point Grishnak died, and I had to call a move with Ugluk, and that would meant he would have to go first anyway, even if I won it. So it was really difficult for them to get them into good positions. So yeah, your heroes. I mean, at first, until Imeril lost his horse, but they were doing some work. Mine really weren't. And I just couldn't push through your lines with enough models. And I realized that I wasn't going to get any models off. So it was about whether I could break you, but it was difficult, as I said, because I couldn't pick the fights. It was really I was, I was being really reactive, and it was it was tough yeah, to really do anything. Yeah,
1: and I think and that and that kind of that's that's pretty much the, the story of it. I mean, there was a couple of uh, exciting moments after that. that Imrehil had a one on one with Ugluk. Um, it was him and a, him and a spear going into Ugluk. Neither of them had might at this point, so I thought, oh, I've got to it four dice against your. Two in a banner, or two in a spear, or whatever it was, and Ogluck and nearly, <laughs> nearly took uh, took Imrahil out. I, um, I, I spent all of my fate to, to survive, but uh, other than that, it, we, we didn't really come close. But I think Ugluk, I can't remember how Ogluck died in the end. It was it was Dwin here, wasn't it? That was right.
8: It was, yeah. The last turn, he charged Dwyn here, thinking like, oh, he's fight four, like I'll take him. Yeah. Uh, and I don't he have the pikes. You did have the pikes, yeah. That's true. The fight five again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah so he and he died to that. Um, and at that point so we had that moment where you hadn't got quite quite got two models off so you'd got one night off but not the two um, men at arms that you'd sent around so that turn I decided I really 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 wanted the game to end yeah. so we started getting ridiculous Where, but you decided you really really didn't so you so I was trying to stab and you were using your banner to reroll to get lower than my banner <laughs> yeah. and we were doing all sorts of silliness like this uh, but in the end you just you didn't I, I, and I, I survived by one it was
1: like by one I wasn't broken because I, I was worried about because there was also the thing was like I, I both don't want to quarter you but also don't really want to break because otherwise the men at arms might run off anyway so it was like it was quite a lot of like do, do I stab here, do I not stab him and then and then uh, loads of loads of crazy stuff like that but in the end I think I had that one turn of just one model off broken the men at arms run off the board and then, then by then it was like yeah that's that's game
8: yeah the last turn so at the end of the last turn yes you were one model off breaking and I was one model off 25 percent. so we had that game it nearly ended that turn very very nearly ended that turn where you only had one model off yep. and I could have been 20% and you would have been broken you would have won but it would have been obviously a much smaller victory yeah, than it ended it, up being it would have been I don't know
1: I'd only got one guy off the board so was, three plus wounding the oh Ugluk was Ugluk alive Ugluk at that was point
8: alive then so we'd have had one I think one for breaking each other but you'd have had two one I think it would have been a four five one or something like that instead of the the victory that it ended up being
1: yeah I ended up taking a 10 one uh, victory in the end so pretty tough with that I mean look luck was definitely on my side and if I hadn't won even any one of the the early heroic move-offs there's no way I win this game at all like you'd get massive numbers of guys off and I've just not not got a chance so I I was definitely uh, definitely lucky there but uh, like you say I, I like to think that I didn't play it badly either other than deploying in a in a way that that made it hard for me I guess.
8: Yeah, but I think it was tough. The terrain piece that you mentioned made it tough because if you don't put models on either side, then I just go to the side that you're not, and it would be very difficult then for me for you to react to that. Especially if it would be tough for, for maybe your heroes to get there. So, and you really needed those to do the work. So I, I think you did play it well. I think deployment maybe I don't know maybe all the people disagree but it, it almost had to be that way yeah. so you played it as well as you could um, and it just I yeah I wasn't able to do things you, you prevented me from doing the things I wanted to do um, and that yeah. was the game really yeah I think
1: mean, the only thing I wondered whether you could have sent a couple more guys back to catch the men at arms at the very least because uh, I was surprised that you didn't commit a couple of guys just to stop them going because I, I thought oh if you get the drum off which looked very close at one point and you pin my men at arms in place, and maybe maybe a couple of guys fight out uh, over there. You know, they are even fights, so it could it could go your way. I, I thought maybe maybe we could end up with a draw, or, or you and you you know, or something like that. But uh, yeah, and and I think, but it just like you say, the moves just just uh, meant that you couldn't even get your guys away away from uh, cracking through my line. So uh, either way, uh, Darren, uh, cracking game, uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, thanks very much for, for coming on the podcast once more. Always a pleasure, Harry. Good luck in next game. Cheers final game of the Grand Prix the engines are almost empty, we're exhausted the race is pretty much over uh, game number 7, it's been, a, it's been a long one and the final thing to play this weekend is the maelstrom of battle missions uh, in our, our veto. and I'm playing against David Nixon, welcome back to the podcast day Thank you, uh, I've listened to be on this about far too much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah you have, uh, we last heard from you at the finale I believe uh, so December time, uh, you're here though at the GP Chaser Pod with uh, what is widely regarded as not a very good army, what what have
9: you brought with you? Uh, the walls of Isengard. I just absolutely love playing it. It's my f- my favourite scene from the movie. says the Warg attack, so I, 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 just, I can't not bring it. Especially when there was a chance for two Maelstrom games in the weekend, which there was. Yeah, um, getting used to the actual Legion abilities is a is a, is a treat. So. Yeah, so because uh, it's probably the sort of uh,
6: list
1: that a lot of people uh, overlook and maybe maybe don't really know much of the detail about it. But what, what, is,
9: what is in there and what's, what's the special Maelstrom stuff that you've got? Um, I mean, mostly it's just built up of like who's your main leader, and then you've got Captains and Shaman, and then just bulk it out with Wild Riders, which I consider one of the best value like, cavalry in the game. Oh, yeah. Um, and I put Throne Spears on a lot of them some games they've done a lot some games they've done nothing so but they've they've almost always earned at least their points back which is great the maelstrom rules are well for the legion you get three hero combats on sharku and you get to also have a d6 on miniatures move pre-game and shoot shooting's not doesn't really do a lot because it's orcs um but the movement can do some stuff and then in maelstrom you get to choose to go second uh, and then you get to charge when you come on so you basically just allow someone to move on there and then just charge them in, in the back or wrap around the ground. Uh, it didn't work uh, in this game, but it has worked for me before. Yeah, so, so talk us through the veto, because um,
1: we, we went in, we, we knew that you had a really strong advantage here with those special rules you mentioned, the charging as soon as you come on. Um, I, I, I can't remember what I ve- I think I vetoed uh, hold ground, and, yeah. and so left you with the choice to go for either Command the Battlefield or Heirlooms of Ages Past, and you went with... I went with heirlooms, yeah, which which <laughs> not. It is not the <laughs> right choice, right? Like it, competitively, no. surely you should have gone with Command Battlefield. No.
9: Command the Battlefield is definitely much much more safer choice um, because then if you have bad rolls coming on, then I can just try and jump one of your warbands, um, so and you know run away from the rest, and, and then I've at least taken half your army out, and I just spent myself around. Yeah, um, but I thought you know it's last game. None of us are playing for any significant prizes here, so. Uh, and uh, I thought I'd just gonna have a bit of fun yeah. and play heirlooms, and then it—it it, yeah. <laughs> it kind of bit you in the ass
1: because uh, in the very, very first turn, um, your D six guys came on, and one of them uh, dismounted and uh, tried to get uh, one of the heirlooms, uh, or well, tried to remove one of the heirlooms, but instead rolled the six, so he was, and he was very close to the edge, like a just over six inches from the edge and, and you had one dismounted wild rider there and with very little support and like a, a line of Dwin here and his bows and yeah. uh, Imrahil's guys lined up right next to him. So it was, it's a pretty, pretty uh, spicy start.
9: Your, your whole army, yeah, basically <laughs> behind him at that point uh, as well as ready to shoot him. Yeah. Uh, although you did fluffy shooting on that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, and then, and, then, and then the problem was that my maelstrom rolls to come on to try and support him were just atrocious. So they, they were all coming on from the wrong side. He was sort of in the middle. And they are having to cover about 20 inches of board just to get to him. Yeah, so so you rolled a three for both of them, I think. Or for two. Four warbands I rolled a three for. So all of them were immediately spending might, and it's not great. And I've even spent two on Sharky, because the only chance to get it was to Sharky to actually come on beside, use the free heroic combat, and put himself in a position to use his last point of might turn. Two effectively to move away yeah um but then you won that roll off which stops that idea from happening otherwise i, I, I would have had that game
1: yeah um, oh yeah I I, yeah because all,
9: all you needed to do is pin uh, block him
1: up and get the guy to move away and yeah. i i might have had a very tiny chance if i would have mashed through stuff with forlong and, and imrahil but instead it was like first turn i won that roll off and i got imrahil into the guy with the objective and um you know a variety of different heroic combats were called and you tried the, the magic and I managed to resist that on, on, by spending all three of my will, uh, got one back though and, and then it was, it was kind of, that was kind of largely it as soon as Imrahil had killed that guy and got the objective it was, it was pretty much mine to, mine to lose,
9: right? Yeah, I tried I tried quite a few uh, decent tactics to get Imahil not to uh, kill the guy. Even if another, another one of yours kills him, it's almost better off for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, as soon as Imahil has it, I'm just not going to touch a big hero like that. This list can't take on big heroes. It kind of just avoids them yeah. um, and hopes it just roadblocks them. It's got loads of little tricks that it can do for roadblocking big heroes, like putting up the channeled fury or trying to do the odd transfix. Um, or you can just have uh, the fact that they try to call combat, so they kill the rider, but they don't kill the wa- the warg. Stays around, stops it. Yeah. Um, so I do I do love how you can stop heroes in this. Although the base sizes become really annoying, as you saw in that game, I was like certain points when I was moving, and half the guys are just kind of stuck in place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially things like the you know an actual
1: an actual warg rider uh, would it was, was sort of blocking the way for, a, or a Wag was blocking the way for a Wag rider, and so you had to charge with a Wag rather than a wild rider because of this, the size. It was just getting so congested, and I think because I think you'd spent so much might early on on the moves that, uh, you know, my, my sort of relatively small amount of might, um, comparatively, uh, even though Forlong actually spent two to get onto a, uh, the board in a decent position, um, it, it just meant, you know, I won a couple of roll-offs and that was that, so uh, it... it, it it, it didn't feel like there was a lot you could really do uh, you could transfix Imrahil to stop him and throw like your captains at him and maybe Sharko at him for w- one or two goes but even then like it, it, I, I had so many guys still um, because your sort of first turn was blunted that, that I could always pretty much pair him off and try and get a few people on Imrahil
9: well I know I mean I broke you first which shows how it would have gone if we just played normally and I just avoid Imrahil for a lot of it and yeah uh, and, and just play the rest of it. It's not like you've got three heroic combats. So you're not going to be cutting through a lot. No. I just tie people up. Um, and because it's uh,
1: at most of your list's cavalry. I've got three dice on your, your guy with the lances, to be fair. But then, yeah, I'm not going to call many heroic combats because I only only kill realistically one or two guys a turn.
9: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you've got the risk of those wargs staying as well. Yeah, so exactly, you, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it, was, it, was really, it was really difficult. Um, I did try. Well, you, you basically, you played it on hard mode, right? Like, you, you, yeah. did, you, didn't, you didn't have to do that. I put the game on, like, the highest difficulty possible yeah. um, and just fucking ran at it. It's like playing Halo and putting it on Legendary. <laughs> um,
1: but, yeah, so. it, it, it was, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was good
9: fun. I, I did get quite a lot of a
1: uh, lot of roll-offs going my way and things like that, and I did manage to take Sharku off, off the table in the end just because he's fight forward, doesn't have strike. I, I could surround him with uh, dudes and put a... Um, like a pike near uh, yeah. near Immerhill and all that sort of stuff. So it was it was a matter, only a matter of time before I got uh, got Sharku and then uh, i just I just needed Immerhill to not die. Basically, that was that was kind of the game.
9: Yeah, I think it, well actually we it could have gone on one more turn if I'd realised that you were so close to quartering yourself oh, yeah. to end it. Um, I'd have just gone for like a, a captain killing a rider at the end. I've gone on for his horse to not quarter you yeah. because I'd have won the priority the next turn. So even so pseudo, you'd rolled we, it out. We yeah. pseudo rolled that. I don't want the and and, and at least having a chance to surround Imrehel, but uh, then again, if you just roll a six, I can't do anything against him. Yeah, exactly. And and with three dice and a banner, he, he, you know, he's half and half the time he's going to get that six isn't he so a lot, a lot of people just don't downrate this list because they they use the captains and Sharky for a lot of beating in combat but that's not what this list is made for and it's not how you should play it either yeah. those they are heroic moves they sit behind and they only take on combats that they can actually win against stuff that's lower fight value than yeah. Yeah. otherwise you lose might too quickly yeah. uh, they just need to be there to keep pushing the cavalry charge in well it, it's a fascinating list and uh, well done A to get to the chaser pod but also uh, I think you must have won
1: two games today is that right or I I just won today.
9: Just the one, uh, yeah. yeah, against the uh, Jake Rawson's Hunter Rocks So I think it was a pretty good win. Ah, yeah, yeah, you can be proud of that. <laughs> uh, winner of l- last year's league, uh, yeah, you can
1: take that, uh, take that one to the bank. Well, uh, uh, people are tidying up here now, and we're going to have to join in and help out. So uh, thanks very much for the game. It was cracking, and uh, yeah, well done on bringing such a cool list. Thank you. <laughs> I'll see you next time. So just a quick reflection on those uh, three games in the Chaser Pod. I, I'm, I'm really proud of the, the success uh, in the Chaser Pod. Two wins, one loss. But I'll, I'll caveat that heavily, very, very heavily, with the second two games being really really very much decided by the dice and i I'm, I'm not going to pretend to uh, uh, you know I'm not even going to just uh, try and try and say there was much skill in either of them uh, against Darren he had the the huge huge numbers advantage against me and uh, and it's still it's just he just could not catch a break in in that one and it all just went um wrong for him so often uh, on on the on the spin of a dice really uh, so uh, apologies for that that win uh, a 10 one win as well so a fairly decisive win against Darren but um big shout out to Darren a uh, big long time supporter of the podcast on the Patreon uh, scheme uh, and and also a, a cracking guy to play uh, at the tabletop and um uh, against David, David just uh, just just then uh, a graduate of the Masters last year, um, a very very accomplished player, and particularly with this army, this unusual Wolves of Isengard army, which I think is the only person who uses it. Um, it's it's a really cool army, and uh, playing against him in a Maelstrom battle, I, I just thought, what on earth is happening here? I, I had no, I just thought there was absolutely no chance, and. Um, to, as of as we sort of just mentioned, it, it basically David went all right, okay, I'm going to tie my hands behind my back a bit, uh, give you a chance, and you know, uh, fair props to him for that because it would have been very, very one sided if we'd ended up playing uh, any of the other scenarios. But Maelstrom did give me that tiny bit of a chance, and even then, it required so many little things to go my way, which did, um, uh, especially that that roll of a six to get the uh, uh, well, not I didn't roll it, but uh, he got that six just in front of my whole army and. Allowed essentially Imahill to uh, to to get the to get the objective and hold on to it for a nine-one win. So really uh, really happy with that, but again big caveat big caveat uh, on that one. So not a bad performance. And against Dean at the start of the day against the uh, the Dragon Emperor Legion. I mean we talked about the FAQ there. Um, of course that was before the FAQ dropped. Um, I mean, I'd be intrigued uh, to see whether it would make much difference because um, he had thirty-five models in his army. I had thirty-three. Um, he would have lost at least three. Um, I think it's eight points per dragon uh, per dude, isn't it? So, uh, but then of course you can juggle it around and, and have Ritabi have different uh, uh, stuff. And I, I don't know, but like, uh, thir- so say call it thirty-two models. So I'd have slightly outnumbered him. Um, would that have made a difference in the long run? Absolutely not. He was absolutely destroying me in the battle. But as I mentioned, I think the, the, this was a, a, a perhaps a victim of the uh, the um, the state the state I was in. Uh, I know actually to be, to be fair, I was more hungover on the Saturday than on the uh, Sunday. But um, I think maybe maybe the the tiredness had got to me at that point, and I just deployed in a, an illogical way, didn't use my bows to my advantage. So basically, wasted my. Um, my eight uh, bows, which which were kind of thrown away at the start of the game, um in a in, in a sort of deployment where I know that they're not going to be any good. They're defense force, so they're going to die easily. They're not got the, any, any decent fight. They're not even very good at killing stuff. So like, it was just a bad idea. I should have gone for the shooting and try and whittle him down, and then see if I can sneak some objectives at the end with my knights or something like that. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll live and learn from that mistake. But um regardless. I'm, I'm really happy to say that I got uh, two wins, uh, sorry, two losses and five wins over the course of the tournament. So really, really chuffed with that. So really, really happy. But uh, we'll talk about, uh, have a bit more reflection uh, at the end uh, and reveal my, uh, my standings and all that sort of stuff. But of course, we, we talked long and hard about uh, the Dragon Emperor and, um, and various other armies that could uh, be in the mix. Uh, we spoke to Jay Acharya earlier. Uh, he was uh, he was doing very well. He was in the top pod uh, with his Uruk-hai, uh army, with the the crossbow heavy Urukai army. There was other people in the top uh, contention were Ed Ball, uh, the the veteran um, top tabler, Ed Ball with a Riders of Ferelden list. Um, there was a Serpent Horde list with Suladan in it. Um, I can't remember all of them, but the winner was probably. Not a person that would take people by surprise, but definitely an army uh, that took people by surprise. So let's, uh, without much further ado, speak to the winner of the Grand Prix. And the winner of the Grand Prix, finishing uh, on over, first over the chequered flag uh, line, is Jakob Krochmal. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, how how, do, how do, you, uh, do you feel here? This is a, this is a, tough, get, a tough tournament, 100-player tournament. Uh, how do you feel uh, coming to, coming to the top?
2: Well, when I saw the lists that were in I felt like I've just hit the jackpot with my list mm. and felt felt quite confident, but I I didn't consider the scenario that happened very likely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me winning the, the whole thing, winning all seven games, coming first after the first day, and maintaining this record—that uh, was amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh well. Well, I'm I'm glad you uh, glad you uh, you feel the same way as us. I'm I'm as impressed as, as you are because uh, as you say, you 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 have chosen um, an army that I guess you think works well into the meta of, of sort of hunter orcs and things like that at 600 points. So what what have you brought?
2: So. I've also chosen our army that I really wanted to play for a long time and recently bought. So I brought Canned, mm-hmm. pure Varix of Canned, with four uh, heroes, including three chieftains and five chariots overall. Twenty models, but it hits really hard and it goes through hunt rolls like butter.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's, I, I guess the, it's those strength four impact hits uh, against the D4. And also, because uh, you've got how many bows in that list? It must be quite a lot with, the, with all those riders. Well, 20, yeah. as many as models. Yeah, yeah, so so 20 bows, which is uh, outshooting most Hunter Rock lists, I guess, and you've got those d- Strength 4. Is that is that the plan?
2: Yes, I was skirmishing for many games, uh, chipping away the wounds before coming in with a devastating charge. Mm. And the thing that a lot of people don't realise is how tough to kill are those hero chariots when mm. you can't trap them, yeah. uh, because they have to go 5-plus on the way to hit the rider, uh, there was a game in the semi-final where my chariots were just holding the Dragon Emperor for, I think six or seven turns. Mm. Two different chariots and Dragon Emperor killed neither and got down to one who went no fate. Wow. So yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's big. So I, I mean, it sounds like the Dragon Emperor wasn't as as difficult as most people would find it. But what, what was your
2: what was the most tricky game you had over the course of the weekend, or were there any particular particular highlights? So. The highlight was definitely the final. Mm. Uh, The final, I played Jayacharya, Mm -hmm. who had his pure Isengard shooting list. We played in ground, so he didn't get to shoot, and I also lost priority. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was great, Uh, it looked like an easy game. Mm. Turned out that uh, the game lasted for about 7 turns after me after a break wow. uh, all of my models ran away except for the king all of his models died or ran away except for Lurts. and it finished as a duel between Lurts and Kanish king wow. and candish king killed Lurts after two rounds of combat
1: oh wow that's that's spicy <laughs> so the, the breaking just not at the game not ending really really punished you did it
2: yeah uh, it almost did and uh, as a fun fact we uh, after i've killed Lurz. I suggested to see what would happen next mm-hmm. if Lurge won. Mm-hmm. Others did nothing. Then the next turn, then, of course, the game didn't end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next turn, I won priority and the king ran away. Oh, really? So I would be, I would be tabled at the start of next turn.
1: Wow. So, gosh, that's, that's a real real twist of fate. I, I, I'd imagine, uh, I mean, there's, I guess there's some advantage. I mean, we'll tell you, oh, you can tell me. What are the, the, the advantages that you've got with the can, other than the, the obvious sort of strength
2: for uh, impact hits and just the, the skirmishing? Um, as I said, uh, people don't realize that four hero chariots can mm. form a uh, about 10-inch-long wall, mm. and with some gaps, it's 13-14 inches. So I just used the terrain to form blocks of the chariots that uh, they couldn't be trapped. They were killing stuff, and they were not dying. Mm. And then if someone charged them, uh, I've had those riders to, to, to get them from, from the back to mm. flank, to harass.
1: And and because I, I, I know I don't know whether that you you had a chance to do this, but is it is it ever advantageous to be able to run over your own horses in order to
2: end the game quicker? So I didn't have a really good opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that I would have done as a mostly as a plan B. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, because it's it's not like with a Mumak where you're almost guaranteed to kill something. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't kill my own guys, or I would kill just. Not 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 enough to to end the game, and I lose the game badly because of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, that's that's something that people do not expect. Uh, it can definitely work. What, what, or, or 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 or. But the the other thing I did uh, when enemy hero charged. Uh, uh, charged uh, my Candish rider, hoping to get a right combat, and I just rolled over this rider mm. uh, and, and killed him.
1: Right, I see. Oh, very, very smart. And so, wh- what, what sort of stuff leans well into uh, the Candish? What, what do you think is the, the the trickiest matchup for you? And did, and did it happen?
2: <laughs> so there are things that um, hurt Cand insanely um, mm-hmm. to the level much higher than other armies. First of all, monsters. Mm. Second, magic. Mm. Uh, so the worst thing that could happen is Angma mm. with Gulavar It has both of those things, also specters. Mm. Uh, I, I yeah, feel you got like quite low courage, right? Uh, so I the average courage. Mm. A regular guy's courage free. Okay. Uh, Chariots are courage four. But with how my cur- courage rolls went in the last game, I wouldn't be very confident going mm. into that. Mm. And gulavar can just destroy my army with a single hurl. Mm. Uh, but I didn't expect a lot of it on the top in the top tables. And when... Uh, on day one, I saw the only Gulliver that could get to the top pod dead. I I felt so relieved, mm. and I I won't get to to play it. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Well, so this this puts you um, you know back uh, in a, in a top table position with 100 points in the in the GBHL. I know I know in the past you, uh, you you did really well at the finale and and so on. Are you are you here to compete to try and uh, take the league by storm this year?
2: Yes, this is. Uh, I hope this is the year I've identified mistakes I was making last year and now I'll I'll go to as many GBHL hundreds as necessary to go to to win the game next time this time and I hope Farmer will come second again (laughs) 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 yeah
1: (laughs) ouch (laughs) and uh, so did that will it be canned all the way Oh no, definitely not.
7: Oh, um, sometimes
2: <laughs> I, I'm I'm not like some people who finished top three mm-hmm. last year who play exclusively one army. Mm-hmm. I would get bored to death. Yeah. And as I said, I think first of all I don't have more cant than what I brought here, mm-hmm. and I feel like at higher points, uh, uh, it becomes increasingly tricky. You get more monsters, you get more magic, mm-hmm. and my whole army, my whole army size is. Can be, got, get, uh, can be caught by a single heroic move, and if I go beyond that, then some of my guys just die for free. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, Jakob, uh, well done uh, on this, uh, this tournament, a, a, a real achievement, and, and I love to see the, uh, canned on the top tables and doing well, so uh,
2: well done again. Thank you, and uh, I can promise that I'll try to bring some more niche and unexpected armies on top tables this year. Excellent, i look forward to seeing it.
1: Right The dust has settled Uh, The hall has been swept Uh, We're looking out still Over the the beautiful Risley Hall uh, hotel here uh, uh, At the Grand Prix And uh, just a final Sort of uh, Lap up of uh, of, uh, The the GP here With tournament organiser World champion Welcome back to the podcast again is it home time
3: yet <laughs> yeah pretty, am, very close you must be exhausted I am exhausted I've spent 40 hours in this hotel and I didn't stay here oh. <laughs> That's, you know it's been a, a busy weekend but it's been absolutely awesome
1: yeah it, I mean it, it, it is a very very uh, slickly run event it's a it's a great venue uh, it's it's great and there's a lot there's a lot of, uh, of, of things that make it a, that little bit special for me um, so first of all, just just because you know, just to summarise again, what what
3: what is the GP and how how is it all structured in a way to to make it as spicy and interesting as possible? Yeah, sure. So um, the GP is intending to be the most competitive event in the UK. So it is a strictly competitive event, um, not to say that there's there's not incentives for other people, which mm. I'll come on to. But essentially, day one is a classic Swiss event like you would get at most generic 100 pointers 600 points there's no special rules you know no shenanigans that I normally like to flavor the other events with Um, and at the end of day one after four rounds um, everybody gets bracketed Um, so day one is essentially the qualifiers Um, the top eight go into their own knockout pod and they're playing for the big prizes Um, the top prize being a smaug and a ticket to next year anyone that makes it into the top eight gets a ticket to return next year and then we have uh, pods of 16 and then obviously the Glass pod scales on size depending on how many attendees we have. Um, and essentially in day two, um you are, are competing for your own prize pool. So we've got loads of different sponsors that um help out with this event, you know, Generation Shift with his amazing bases, SBG magazine, all, all sorts of sort of hobbyists and and you know friends of Middle Earth, as it were. Mm. Um so no matter how badly day one goes, you've kind of got your own mini tournament to play on day two um, for your own little prize pool. Um, so that that's the incentive for people that maybe aren't so competitive because they too, they know that they're going to have, you know, a pleasant three games against equally matched opponents while the Titans go and, you know... Um, have absolute chaos on the top tables too, and and it, and it really was chaos
1: as well. I mean, we, we've heard from from the winner Jakob about uh, about some of the the spicy action on that very very last game, which is absolutely insane. And I guess that, that that's a nice little segue into into the the sort of the choices, the this, the the list that you were backing um, going into it. Obviously, one of the main things that uh, people noticed was there was about twelve or thirteen or something like that Hunter Rock armies. And you you've, you've always been a you've been a long long time champion of Hunter Rocks, well before uh, Jake Rawson
3: was winning tournaments with them. Oh, you're flirting you, with me now. Yeah, you, you, you were doing <laughs> doing good stuff with them a long time ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, Jake kind of put a target on his back this year because yeah. he won last year with the Hunter Orc. So a lot of people, you know, they know it works at this this format and this points level. Yeah. Um, so they were a very popular choice. Um, but when people know that that's the popular choice and take it, an equal amount of people know that's the popular choice and speck against it. Mm. Um, and it kind of makes you this own, like this own meta for for an event like this, um, and so we had you know appearances from um, chariots. We had appearances from heavy shooting armies. We had a fair amount of dwarves at 600 point. You know, people sort of going, okay, well if Hunter Rocks are going to be popular, what beats them? You know, yeah, what yeah. can give them a hard time? Um, and so there was a couple of predictions that I had as sort of who was going to do well, and it's you know it's always as much about the player as it is the list, but some of the lists that rose to the top like really really nailed the you know really threaded the needle on what they thought was going to do well at this event mm-hmm. and converted which is awesome
1: yeah yeah so I, I mean you, I think going into it you mentioned uh, Dave Farmer's list the uh, range of Athelion great, great shout at 600 points lots of bows that works well against Hunter Orcs um, uh, 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 Jay charrier he has a, a really really tough Urukai list with a lot of
7: crossbows
3: yeah I'm a big fan of that mm-hmm. people that say that Isengard is kind of average are, are just not really playing it right I think they particularly at 600 points he went for like a really hoardy you know a lot of the the, the mid-level heroes mm. and then just loads of crossbows and stuff um, and also like he's a phenomenal player he's, and he's on amazing form at the moment yeah, like yeah. He's, he's really really because he's been playing probably about as long as I have um, and he's always done relatively well, but in the last couple of years, he has like skyrocketed in skill level. I don't know if he's on steroids or something. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that could be the next scandal. Um, but he's been doing legitimately very, very well. And it's nice to see people. I always love seeing people doing well with lists that aren't considered to be the meta or the top pick. You know, being a little bit out there, finding out what works for them, and then using that to their advantage. And that is exactly what he's done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and and there are a couple of um, so the Hunter Rocks obviously didn't do as well. I don't think any of them graced the top three uh, in the no, end. Was the, it, did the, they even make it to the top part? The, the hunter oaks did not top 8 yeah. um and so what I suspect happened is they either got cancelled out by the counter meta but there was also quite a few Aztec Hunters mirror matches on day one because you know they'll win the scenarios that they're really good at but then by sort of round three and round four the likelihood of them being paired off against each other is actually quite high yeah. and so a lot of the Hunter I think essentially just knocked each other out yeah. um, which is also quite amusing if you <laughs> think about it yeah, I love a bit of that and, so, and, and there are
1: other ones I know um, I mean as you say it depends on uh, uh, armies and uh, matchups and, and players and stuff like that but things like Arna I know um, they're, they're really highly rated at this point I think there was two Arnold lists wasn't there or at least one
3: yeah so, so there was two <coughs> submitted um, but then we had a drop out um, due to other circumstances so there was actually only one Arnold list mm. um, which, yeah, they're, they're, which is, they're good. is wild it's crazy yeah. like that's probably the the single best list at 600 points I'd say yeah. Um so to only see one is, is pretty wild, actually. Yeah, yeah
1: interesting. Um, and, and and so and the final, I, to, to, I guess, to bring it back to to the winner there. We, I mentioned already the the, the crossbows, uh, Jay, Jay playing in the top table in the final, which I'm quite happy about because he he beat me round one. So you know, I, I, <laughs> you know he got, made it to the top table. You feel top. sort of sort of validated in your loss. Abs- yeah. Absolutely, but uh, he was playing up against with his uh, his crossbows against Jacob, who who has quite something of a list. I mean, the, what what did you think when you saw the the chariot list? And obviously Jacob's a cracking player, but uh, um, it's, a, it's an unusual choice.
3: Yeah, so I, I've definitely said before that I think Canned is actually very good. Mm. Um, and I've always said, like, if I could, and you know, if I entered the Matrix and I could just load in a, a perfectly painted army that, you know, just absolutely ready to go out of the box, it would be Canned and it would be a lot of horses because yeah. their, stat, their stat block is just really, really good for their points. Mm. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of bows. They're just as of Rohan, but a little bit better. And Chariots, when they work, are devastating. Yeah. Um, so I knew that that would be quite a good pick. It's also a very counter meta choice to Hunter Orcs. Um, and then with a pilot like Jakob behind them, people don't stand a chance really, because yeah. um, you just you know that there's not going to be much if any magic at this points level, yeah. and that's the biggest counter to them. And if if you you know if you're going to play seven games and not even face any casters, you like you're going to do pretty well. You'd have you'd have to hit a real. A real stumbling block to to not be able to convert, and when you know that half the room's going to be bringing Hunter Orcs, like it, it's just free chicken tendies, really. Mm, yeah, it, it's it's really interesting because I, I love my cannon. I've I've run uh, a few chariots before, but I've
1: never I never quite got enough horses to make it. A sort of it's always been the the LOL one, you know. It's that bring
3: five or six chariots, yeah, have a bit of fun. But now yeah. I actually do have some horses in a box, and I'm starting to think huh, maybe I should get them out. Yeah, well, this is the problem. And that that's why it's an army that I'll never do because one, it's it's phenomenally expensive to buy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but also they're all metal. They yeah. chip. You have to like look after them. You have to repaint them every two weeks. They're, actually, they're really yeah. top heavy as well. They yeah. fall over really they're, easily. They're an army that, that will actually require a huge amount of maintenance for them to look as pretty as they deserve to be. Yeah. Which is why I'll I'll never do it. <laughs> but like it is absolutely a, a good list to take if if you're willing to do the skirmishing and sort of do what what the Cav need to do and wait for the opportune moment to strike, mm. Like you will be rewarded for it and that's why a player like Jakob, I, I think it's his first tournament using them as well, yeah. like he's obviously an unbelievably good player, um, but like him taking a list like that, knowing what the field's going to be and then knowing that he's got the veto of the pools on day mm. two, Superb call, and I'm glad it works out for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, and and we've just heard from Jakob explaining some of the some of the downsides. I mean, there, there was one thing that I didn't uh, mention to him, and I, I spoke to him just uh, just before this this chat about um, the the, the manoeuvrability of the the chariots, which uh, he had little lines drawn on his thing, so he knew exactly where the 45 degree was and all this sort of stuff. But but. in in terrain dense boards which there there was plenty of terrain on these boards um, especially considering there's 100 players or uh, 90 something players Um, that must be a tricky thing to get hold of and you need to be a really good player to get that manoeuvrability right I'd imagine
3: yeah absolutely you definitely have to do some homework on it and that's why um, other times when you see players taking it they'll often put their important heroes not on a chariot but on a horse to yeah. just to guarantee that they can be where they need to be yeah. um and it's about having that patience and it, it's also not a perfect science because you, you're doing a 45 degree pivot and like you're kind of eyeballing it really aren't you yeah, like yeah. you'd have to be really specific to do it and then you know the, the minimum move difference distance before you can pivot again like it is really tricky and i guess if you've got a bad board like you you could actually you know come unstuck on it mm. um, and what i would say is um the, the pools that were rolled were also very favourable for Jakob I think he got to do Maelstrom twice which you know as chariots that's, that's unbelievably good mm-hmm. um, but yeah. it's certainly a, a very high skill list but the reward is also very very high
1: Interesting. So do you think, do you think it'll, uh, it'll, there'll be a few more Candish uh, chariots floating about this year at this sort of points level? Because I don't think they probably don't do much better at, when you're getting into 7-800 because it's just more of the same and then there's more magic and things.
3: Yeah, li- literally the minute that you're facing something that has compel, it's probably game over. And that, that's the problem because... You know, as soon as you are getting to like 650, 700 points, that's when you see lots more of um, Galadriel, you know, the Witch King's always about, you know, there were still eight Witch Kings, I think, mm-hmm. to, um, here this weekend and he's managed to just sort of avoid them, which, you know, with, with a, a field as dense as it is, you know, you do get a little bit lucky on your matchup sometimes as well. Um, but as soon as you're getting to like 700, 800 points, most armies have some form of magic, and and you literally just need one bad compel, and a chariot runs over half of your own army, and something that is literally over, isn't it? Like yeah. it is completely done for. Um, so I I don't expect we'll see a huge influx of cans, unless people get some sort of massive uh, tax rebate and want to want to spend it on something. Uh, but for, for the people that can use it at the right points levels like yeah I, I hope we'll see more of it because it's also just really characterful like I love seeing different armies yeah and, and yeah they, they can be they one of the
1: uh, armies that you can just go, go to town on painting the colours there's all the banners and everything so it's brilliant well uh,
3: Will that's brilliant and uh, a quick plug for your next event I don't, don't know what the next one on the calendar is for you is it the mixed doubles uh, we've got a little bit of a hiatus um, we've got the gates of Gondolin mm-hmm. um, which is another Nottingham based event that is I believe in May mm-hmm. um, and then not long after in August. August we've got the mixed doubles at Britcon Um, so something for everyone coming soon yeah brilliant well thanks again for coming on the podcast appreciate it my pleasure and a cracking event thank you I'm I'm sure I'll be back soon I'm
1: sure you will (laughs) there you go the legend that is world champions summing everything up really. I mean, I didn't really need to uh, to to say any more about the meta, except that Jakob, what an absolute legend for taking the chariots. Uh, Kand is is one of my my little little faves really because I remember I picked up some chariots a long time ago. Uh, I've got loads of chariots. I've run uh, them a few times. Uh, interesting to see his build of the the chariots list. I might have to try and use it at some point just to see if that works better than my version. No doubt it will, because I think I my went with too many chariots and not enough horses. But uh, either way, amazing work from uh, Jakob, identifying the uh, the meta and then choosing something that's so cool to counter it. So uh, awesome work and uh, another great event. And I mean, I don't know what's going on here, but I managed to squeeze a 12th place finish out of all of that. 12th out of 90 people. That's top 10%. Uh, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, it's, it's the top 20% or top 15, isn't it? Uh, but I'm still happy with that. It's 88 points in the league. It uh, puts me 17th in the league somehow. Um, I've, I've been doing all right, you know. Uh, the whole event I did all right in. Uh, did uh, The podium in... Um in old uh, uh, Northern Ireland as well. So what what's going on here? I don't know. But um, very exciting. Uh, very exciting to, uh, uh, to to be in that privileged position. So very, very cool. Um, there will be more Ent Moots on the way. We've got... I um, hope there might be a, a, another event in Hull that I'm going to. I'm still on the fence about... Uh, where it's kind of in negotiation uh, to see if I can get that uh, one day off. And that'll be quite a good one because that includes unnamed uh, heroes only, which... Uh, raises the potential for some spicy chariot action. So that, that's what's enticing me. Um, but uh, there will be events in April, a uh, big uh, GBHL 100 in Sheffield in April that I'll go to, uh, and then the Seven Stones returns, uh, Michael Haskell and I uh, doubling up in the fluffiest and most entertaining of tournaments in the league. Um, talking of fluffy and uh, tournaments, um, I'm going to give a quick plug now uh, to my event, teaser Gathering. Uh, so tis a gathering is uh, a new event that I'm running, which is on June the eighth and June the ninth uh, this year. It's a two-day event, and um, the basically I wanted to because uh, the Lord of the Imps was uh, has been be- become such a massive event. Um, it's it's a GBHL one hundred, so it's a competitive event, even though it's got some extra spice to it, and and lots of people like the sort of uh, the fun elements of it. Um, I thought I want I want to bring something so that, that people are, uh, can come to a, an event where it's f- primarily about having fun and fluff and um, theme and and painting. Because uh, I feel like some events, painting is either forgotten about or kind of only squeezed in briefly at a lunchtime or something like that. So I've decided to do a whole tournament where uh, everything is about... Uh, it's a kind of a, a, Th- a Throne of Schools-esque um, scoring system where uh, each person gets 12 point, uh, 36 points max per round, 12 of which are sporting vote, 12 of which are hobby vote, and um, uh, 12 of which are the VPs they score. So uh, you can get a max of 36 each round, and... And if you score, if you go a 12-all draw, then you'll still get a max um, 36. So it, it, it's interesting. Um, so I'm hoping that'll help and there's going to be some other stuff like I've got Lord of the Rings on PlayStation 2 which I'm going to put up on a big screen so people can have a go on that. Uh, there's lunch like normal. Uh, there's a speed painting competition where uh, you get given a random model and you have to paint it uh, in an interesting style uh, with some random paints in a, a short amount of time. And then there's a big, big painting competition where everyone after lunch and a game, you have a whole hour to display your your models everyone gets plenty of time to walk around and have a look uh, at stuff so that's that's the kind of idea uh, 600 points good versus evil as well uh, in Lincoln and June so uh, tickets will be on sale um, th- today uh, when I release the podcast which is um, which what day is it it's the 18th of February so um, if, if you're only just hearing this now and really fancy it uh, hopefully there are still some tickets left I'm not expecting it to be as big a, a draw as uh, Lord of the Imps but who knows we'll see we'll see uh, there may be a p- potential for expansion if uh, uh, if things things go well. So uh, that's everything. Thank you so much for listening uh, to another Entmoot. I will return and uh, of course don't forget to send in your comments, podcast at gmail.com, about the, uh, the Dragon Emperor nerf. Uh, 30 points off the Dragon, or added on to the Dragon Emperor. Is that going to make a difference? Should they have added 30 points to the Witch King should they have added 30 points to Suladan uh, who knows, that's what people are saying and in fact, uh, in a battle report soon, coming soon to uh, Entmoot videos on YouTube um, I will be using the Witch King and Suladan against Will Champion uh, uh, of course we heard from him earlier in a, in a competitive battle report which hopefully will be up soon, now I've said it I kind of have to make sure it's up soon don't I, so uh, there you go, that's, that's holding it to, uh, to account, but uh, is the FAQ was it right? Did it target the right things? podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to get into it in the next episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening. <laughs>